Tuesday, I get on Spotify. I check the new releases, you know. Talked about it, and I just like to listen to stuff because it's usually entertaining. Yeah. We talked about it much yeah. like we used to go to Best Buy, but now it's free. Yeah. And uh, actually, Justin and I, what we used to do is we would go to Best Buy or like music stores and like after school, and we would just like buy them the rap covers with the funniest album covers, mm-hmm. the rap albums, and we would just pick whatever looked the most ridiculous and buy it. And you can't really do that as much, unfortunately, nowadays because. Yeah. Cash Money and No Limit are long gone. But uh, I found that. And nah, that guy's I mean, Cash Money's still around. Yeah, but, but not like it used to be. bullshit. Yeah. Man. It's like Nicki Minaj, Drake, yeah. Lil Wayne, and right. Birdman. But like, uh, so that's G-Eazy, G-E-A-Z-Y, mm-hmm. which I'd like to point out that I think, first of all, is the point now where rappers name themselves after what sounds like who would be like a fake rapper in a 90s parody movie. Yeah. <laughs> like High School High yeah, or something. Yeah, more or less. G-Eazy. Also, he's a white guy from Oakland, and that's that, and he's getting pretty popular. From that? Yeah, fucking... that's a single. That's the one. His flow's terrible. I, he can't rap. <laughs> I mean, this is all there is to it. Like, he can't rap, but uh, it's funny, because... If, if your girlfriend calls me, <laughs> I fuck your I'm, bitch. I'm a fucker. I, I, I mean it. <laughs> and then, like... Why is Future on that song? I mean, obviously, to that's me. That's not Future. That's not? That's him. He sounds exactly the same as bullshit as oh that Future shit. I thought it was Future. Exactly. I, I was talking to my roommate, and I think now literally we're at the point where, like, uh, I can't picture it's any other way, is that these people take their songs and auto-tune them out of key. Yeah, No one's must, that bad. They have to. There's, There's no, no one's that Because you can't, you can't even not, you can't be that far away from the note you're trying to hit, like, without forcing yourself to do it. Because so, even people who are fucking tone deaf can, like, even Nathan Bowman can hit a note if he tries to. Yeah. Kind you know of. I mean? Better than that. Yeah, better than that. So I have a surprise for you and all our listeners today. Mm. Is uh, Last night, me and James, our roommate, he recorded for me just real cheaply on a quick microphone. Mm-hmm. And recorded a minute and a half rap song that we downloaded the beat, wrote it, and recorded it in 45 minutes. Okay. To try to sound like modern rap. Okay. I'd like to play it for you. Justin didn't even know about this. It was a no, surprise. No, I didn't. I tried to sing as bad as I could yeah. and rap as bad as I could. And this was written in literally 20 minutes and recorded like 45 minutes. Yeah. Long. Young Beasy smoking with you. Lil Dwayne. DJ. This is an exclusive first time. Smoke that weed, yo. I play Nintendo. Smoking in the backyard on the patio. I'm drinking Grey Goose. I'm watching Footloose. I got a couple of AKs. I'm Rambo. I'm Nancy Grace, though. But that bitch don't smoke. I'm wearing Jordans that look like a four loco. I'm busy smoke, though. Hit it like a free throw. From half 
got my hot dogs cause it's good as hell I drive around town smoking with my best pals yeah. We got the hydro, the Yafku Nitro The sticky green so come on over bring a light though My crew is tight yo, don't wanna fight though Alright alright, we don't wanna give them too much That's a preview, it's gonna be on the blog as a free download <laughs> yeah, can you download it and put it on there today yeah. for everybody? So that's uh, Young Beezy and Little Dwayne. And not Lil, don't try to mistake it, he gets real mad. It's Little Dwayne. So Young Beezy and Little Dwayne that's smoking with you, it'll be on the blog. We recorded it for everybody. So uh, we're going to, that's just the first, going to be an EP eventually when we ever sit down to do it, which might never happen because right. that was painful to write. Oh, I can uh, only imagine. So, uh, yeah. So there's that for today. Please download that. Spread the word. We're trying to get on BET 106 and Park. <laughs> With Lil Bow Wow? And G-Eazy. And Young Thug. Fuck but, yeah. But, uh, yeah, today, basically, Justin brought up a good point. We were talking uh, a week or two ago. And it's cool because, like, through mixtapes, I've gotten to uh, a lot of people, you know, ask me what music I listen to and, like, what influenced me. And I realized that it's cool because it's weird. I'm in a place now where, like, the songs I write have influenced people. Mm. It's really cool how people ask me because... Like, obviously, don't mean this in a disrespectful way. I mean a lot of things in disrespectful ways, but not this so much. Mm. Is you know, we tour with a lot of these newer pop-punk bands in, like, the new era, and it's not really what I'm into just because I'm older. I just grew up on completely different stuff than you and I did, so I wanted to kind of take this episode to talk about music and what inspired us, but also just bands and, like, stuff for other people to check out and younger people that might not have heard it. Right. So that's the theme today. We'll probably get off track because we're good at that. But overall, that's what we're going to mainly discuss. Yeah. So this is a music episode. And well, so that's what we're going to talk about this way, Jocelyn. Oh, well, in that case, can we, um, can we start with a question that somebody sent in? Because I have something to talk about based <laughs> on this question. Yes, we can. Um, have you ever heard the song, Warrior Song by Leviathan? If not, you're about to. No, you're going to have to play that for me. It sounds familiar. It's horrible, but okay. here's the thing. He was he sent it in because we were talking about bad music and bad like ba- like not not even bad bands, but just like bad like that type of like rock music, you know, that right. exists like the Edge Fest type rock oh, yeah. music, like radio rock. Yeah, the God Smacks, Puddle Nuts. So if you've never heard this song, and you may have, I might have. I don't. It know. sounds like a million other songs that I've heard before. Um, it's like a million fucking. Ugh. This already looks like it's gonna be like one of those things that'd be on an army commercial. It, but it doesn't really sound like that. If it, uh, if it's the song I'm thinking of, I'm pretty I'm sure. I'm not sure. No, I don't it want out. it full screen. Yeah, I can you tell do. You that. It's an eagle with an American flag in it, brother. Ugh. I think. Yeah, this isn't. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> I'm interested in whatever that was. Awesome. To be fair, but hold on, I gotta look it up on Google. Then we also have uh, some good guests today. We have Mikey, Mikey Yannick, who uh, is Mikey Erg to most people. He sang in the Ergs and has been in a trillion other bands since then. Chris Farron, who sings in Fake Problems and who is a internet punk celebrity as of late, and. We might continue more of this next week. We're going to be talking to Joey Cape from Lagwagon, which Justin and I are probably really excited about. Like, we're 14. Like, hooray. I know. Actually, it's the most exciting thing I've ever heard. I was nervous to talk to him. I mean, I'm not really, but a little bit. Yeah, it's a big influence to me. Is this it? Uh, Oh, no, God. Tell me this. This isn't even what I was thinking of. 
Well, what is I this? didn't even listen okay. to it before. I guess this is what he was talking about. Oh, I'm already into this. Yeah, America. I don't even understand what kind Come of music on, they're trying to play. Sounds like a Mary J. Blige song. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh, I can't deal with it. Alright, let's talk about this. Oh, oh, here comes the... <laughs> Sounds like Weird Al parroting rap note. Oh, God, that's fucking That legit just sounds like Weird Al parroting rap metal. Yeah. Is it not? No, it does. What was, did the guy just send it in just for us to listen yeah, to? Yeah, I guess so. I'm trying to remember. There's a song. Do you have Spotify on your computer? Yeah. Yeah, to go to Spotify. Well, it's not that. It's this other song that's on, like, I don't know who the fuck. I don't know who sings it. Anyway, I'll figure it out at one point, and I'll, I'll, I'll play it again. I thought this was the, I thought this was this other song, but um, now I'm all thrown off because of that fucking horrible pile of shit. I don't even know what that was. That was terrible. It sounded like, I mean... I don't know. It sounds like whoever wrote that has never been in the military. <laughs> like, no, that's like, it sounds happy. Yeah, yeah. Like river of blood running at my feet. Like, first of all, that's fucked up. Yeah. Because like, are you proud? Like yeah, you no, murdered no. a family right. and their blood's running at your feet? Like what? I have no What is fucking... wrong with that? That right there is what's wrong with the army in the yeah. first place. It's that people like weird. proudly saying you have a river of blood running at your feet. <laughs> like, but, uh, yeah, so getting into music, that's the opposite of what we want to talk about today. Oh, this might be it. We're being uh we're being I think this positive today cuz usually we just make fun of music. We're going to talk about music that inspired us. Hold on. I think But first we're listening to some shitty music. Is this it? Please tell me this is it cuz I, I, I heard this song on the radio and it sounds like, pretty damn heavy. Yeah, brother. No, nah, it's so bad. This is good, so sick. Hold on. Get to the fucking point. Yeah, this is oh. it. What is this? Oh my god. I don't know. It just sounds like a bad Danzig song. <laughs> like, if Danzig turned into a cock rock dude. Yeah, it's like... Well, is it... This is like a double negative, but it sounds like a douchier Danzig. Yeah. All right, well, but good, it's called good. Warriors Call by Volbeat. Anyway, that was what I thought the guy was talking about because right. I didn't look it up when he sent it to me, so now I feel stupid. Right. But the only reason I was going to bring that up is because of the song that I sent you last week that we now know is the worst song that's ever been made. Yes. Why does my phone do that? Because it's, I don't know. Man, my phone, piece of shit, man. But you know the song. Yes. So this song has been on the radio like a shit ton recently because of the people at my work that listen to it. 
Which, if you're new to the podcast, Justin works at a trucking company. Yeah. So he literally gets the best stories of all time. So this is a band called My Darkest Days. And the song's called Porn Star Dancing. Oh, my gosh. Featuring Zach Wilde on guitar. And it is seriously among... I think it's probably the worst song I've ever heard, personally. And why Zach Wilde is still around is beyond me. Because he's sick? Oh, yeah, man. I've never even seen these guys, but... They look like NSYNC. They really do. Oh, my God. This is the most creepy, rapey, misogynistic oh, thing I've ever heard. God, it's so fucking gross. You have to put this in the blog. <sighs> Hold on, let's talk about this for a second. Hold on, this is the worst course. Now, first of all, okay. this is my problem with this. Not even the pro- my problem with it as a song, like in general, but it's not. It's inaccurate because. Porn stars don't dance no, in particular. Mean anything. Yeah. Why don't you say a stripper dance? Yeah, yeah, or something like that. Also, like, well, first of all, he literally said, like, Mandy won't share her friend. Does nobody want to have fun? Like, that's rapey yeah, shit. No, no, nobody, doesn't anybody live anymore? I picture him literally just being like, oh, come on, bitch. Like, yeah. well, I want to fuck both of you. I don't want to. I don't care. Yeah. Come on, what's wrong Take with you? You don't want to live? <laughs> like, seriously. Take this pill. I got a drink for you. Yeah. What's that dust in it? Nothing. <laughs> this is like, ugh. Uh, this also reminds me of a song that Justin's going to know, but a lot of you might not be hip to, but uh, Hinder on their uh, album with Flits of an Angel. Uh, Justin and I studied Hinder for a little while. Yeah, I'd we like did. To, we did. It was I'd like to depth. share, first of all, their guitar player's nickname is Blower. Yeah. We talked about that, I think, a couple weeks we ago. We did. But uh, they have a song called Room Something. It's a hotel room. I don't yeah. remember the name. Yeah. And I just, maybe the best line ever is somebody goes, she likes the taste of my wow, 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 wow. And the, first of all, what does that mean? Nothing. Does it mean know. his dick? Yeah, does it I'm mean sure his that, asshole? Does it mean... I'd like to think ass, but it's probably dick. Yeah. I'd taste blower's ass. Anyway. But, uh, so... Okay, let's get to questions. Move <laughs> now your, that's enough bad Move music. your phone away from the thing. It's so far it's, away. I know, but I don't understand why it does that. Maybe I should cover it with my good red hat. Looking good, feeling good, my friend. Look at me right in the eye. No, I'm not. Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. No, thanks. Isn't buddy the creepiest word? Yeah, well... It's a creepy uncle word. Yeah, it is. It's really weird, especially if, like, an adult... Like, another adult male says it to another adult male. Oh, hey, buddy. Because, like, it's fine if you're saying it to, like, a kid or a dog or something like that. Right. But when you say it... Like, if you're over the age of 27... And you say it to any other person that's over that age, you're just a fucking weirdo. Like you're going, you're doing, you're up to something. Is it fine if I say it to a kid? Okay, if you if anyone else says it to a kid other than you, and people who are on the sex offenders registry with you, I'm I'm I forgot you're off of it now. I also didn't. Now, anyways, let's get to questions. Well, are we gonna do questions? Are we gonna do our list first before? List? We have, yeah, our, our thing, our song, the albums that we were going to talk about. Oh, okay. I didn't have a particular list. I was going to tell like a s- story with my list intertwined in it. 
Oh. But uh, you're a pussy. Whoa, that's sexy, bro. <laughs> Let's just do a couple questions and get to it because I'm gonna intertwine okay. mine. Um, let's see. Convinced I'm wrong. Asked. Uh, I'm wondering what your guys' opinion on ska is, and would mixtapes ever consider touring with a ska band? Um, no, they no, we wouldn't. No, yeah, I'm Justin's not. right. Justin's <laughs> yeah, I actually just decided to point Justin our manager. We don't have one. It's yeah. just me, actually. I'm just, so Justin. yeah. Um, I'm unofficial. It's a really broad question, so um, I will say that I do love a lot of ska and ska punk bands. Yeah. Um, it's a kind of music that I think, it's, as I get older, I'm 31 now, like, a lot of it didn't hold up. A lot of it did. That being said, I mean, we had Vinny from Lesson Jake on here. Lesson Jake is still in my top 10 favorite bands of all time. Um, yeah. I love oh, yeah. the Suicide Machines, love the Hippos, Goldfinger, um, tons of bands. I'm Slapstick. I'm leaving a ton out. Um, Pie Tasters. I love a lot of those bands. Um, I think I was actually talking to my friend Mitchell, who like directs a lot of music videos, and I think Ska, though, I feel like Streetlight Manifesto is breaking up now, and they're like the last band. Like it's not just like reliving the old days. Like I think I don't think there'll be another ska comeback. People keep on saying there will, and I just can't see it happening. I don't know. I think there will. Maybe. I eventually. think there is. I think there is. We just don't know about there's it. There's ska bands out now, newer ones, but there's not very good. Yeah, I really don't know. I don't. Pay That's what I mean. Is like, but I mean, so overall, like, but yeah, I like ska. It's I, back to be. I think it's back to being a thing again, though. It's, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, we played on tour. There's a lot of local ska bands. That's what I mean. Is like, and I that's think cool. That I'm that's not like, saying that in a negative yeah. way when I say there's not a lot of good ones. Yeah, you are. You're there's a band called Survey Says. Said they're pieces of shit. And they, they're racist. All racists. But uh, I would say every uh, every December we play Mustard Plugs, hometown, uh, Grand Rapids and Detroit holiday shows, and it's a blast. And we do that every year, and it's awesome. Um, we tried to tour down to Fest with Mustard Plug last year, but our schedules just didn't work out. So um, yeah, we would definitely tour with the ska band. I. I literally actually remember when we played those Mustard Plug holiday shows, I was so refreshed of just playing with like an older, like punkish band. And I was just like, this is great. Yeah. Um, I don't like real traditional ska. Yeah, I'm not like I'm a not huge... into like two tone reggae ish type yeah. stuff. It's just. I like some of it, but I'm not. I mean, I don't know. I haven't listened to it in years. Yeah, that's but what I, used I mean. To like, like it when I was younger. So I'm more into ska influence. I'll put it that way. Like, I love Rancid, Operation Ivy, Suicide Machines. And I can still put on Rancid Out Come the Wolves now and love it. Oh yeah, it's a great it's record. Best. So I love that. Album. I don't like certain bands. Like like, I love the first couple of Real Big Fish albums. But when I put them on now, it's not like back in the day. You don't like that Hepcat album? <laughs> no, I don't. The Pilfers. Ugh. Um, no. But I was gonna say is uh, some bands hold up, some don't. But that's not just ska. I was gonna say there's pop punk bands when I was 15. I thought there's were great. Tons, yeah. And then, but I mean, so overall, I like ska, and I would absolutely tour with a ska band. Yeah. I mean, how do you feel about ska? I still like it. I mean, I don't yeah. listen to it very often. I don't like the, either. the furthest I go into it anymore is like Less Than Jake, maybe. I mean, Rancid, but I never considered them They're a ska not band. a ska band. That's what I mean. The influence is more there. But I used to a... like all that stuff. I mean, I used to like like Real Big Fish and like yeah. Let's Go Bowling and fucking... The first three Goldfinger records are awesome. They're yeah. not ska, but they're no. a ska influence band. I like, yeah, I like those and I like, uh, I don't know, I... There's quite a lot of the ska bands that I did like back when I used to listen to ska, but like I don't remember barely any of them at all. Well, Johnny Sacco, I guess. I would Johnny Sacco is great. I was gonna say it's almost like a. I don't in my head. I'm like I don't love ska, but then I actually I was talking to a Matt. That works at Hopeless Matt Medina, and we were talking. Uh, it's funny because we were talking about perfect albums. You know what I mean? And I was like being being very particular about it, like ten out of ten albums. I was like, you know what I mean? Albums where you can't find one thing wrong with it. Yeah. And it's funny because I named like five and three of them were Scottish type bands. I was like, 
All right, if I had to pick albums that literally front to back, I don't think there's anything wrong with. I was like, Goldfinger Hangups, I think, is a perfect album. Me personally. Yeah. I was like, Lesson J. Keller Route View. Mm. It's front to back, I think, a perfect album. And I was like, Suicide Machine Structure, my definition. Yeah. And if you want to count it, I think Hippo's Heads Are Gonna Roll is probably my favorite albums of all time, too. It's also funny because all four of those came out like almost at the exact same time. They did. Time. <laughs> and I really And don't... I think that just speaks to it's more of a thing that you remember. Like, it is. When you it's were a time like, place. how much you liked it, you know it what I mean? And it still place. affects you that way. But the Hippos, really, I don't think that's a Sky record. No, they were. I mean, it was their a, first album, like, kind of was, yeah. but after that, they turned into more of a. They might be giants. They have. And I, for those who haven't, uh, Spotify, it's on there. The Hippos' heads are going to roll. It's one of the most creative, like, major label albums because they somehow got signed to a major label. They Which completely I never flopped. understood, but it was awesome. But, but they got like, this so. great big budget recording, and it's like this weird, quirky pop rock album with, like, synths and trombones, and it's incredible. It's like yeah. everything that they you could tell that they ever wanted to do, yeah, so they did it. Yeah, and they got it. to do it, and it flopped, <clears> and they broke up. And their singer, did you know now, does like production for Justin Bieber, and like he has a Grammy? What? Isn't that weird? Oh I didn't know that until a few months strange. ago. I don't know if I talked to you about that on here. But uh, the hippos' heads are going to roll. But So overall, to give you a really long-winded answer... Yeah, yeah, we like Scott. Like I don't love Scott. <laughs> Big Saves would tour with the Scott. I would tour with the Scott, man. That'd be cool. I have no problem doing it. Shouts out to Mustard Plug for taking us out every December on their holiday shows. Do you need a bag or anything? What? To put all those names you were dropping into? Why would I put them in the, the bag? Floor? I want to leave them out so I can be cool. <laughs> I don't want to. Put well, you don't want to just leave them on the floor like that. Yeah, I do. Because I can pick them back up if I need to. Get it? <laughs> pick it up. Pick it up. I hate that Scott. so much. Score, Justin. Scarba the Hut. I don't know who this guy is. Wait, before, since I just said that, also a little known fact that Justin knows. Yeah. Is uh, Brandon Flowers, who yeah. sings in The Killers, the killer, used to be in a <laughs> shitty ska band called Scarba the Hut. Yeah. And they were fucking bad. <laughs> so fuck you, Brandon Flowers, you racist <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> oh. right. So this guy, uh, Karma Consequentialist, is hard to read. What the fuck kind of name is that? Uh... He was wondering our thoughts. I was wondering, hey, I was wondering your thoughts on Brad Stein, a.k.a. God's comic. Also, fuck mint chocolate chip. See, thank you. Okay. At least there's one person, uh, and there's more. There's a lot there's of people, a lot who, agree people who agree with me. I know. There's a lot of people who agree with me last week on the Oreo thing. Okay, but. You're fucking you're pile wrong. of trash. No, I'm not a pile of trash like mint chocolate yeah. chip. I don't know and who Brad Stein is. And could you like is. weird Oreo? No, I'm going to look him up. Oh, real do quick. you know who he is? No, I don't know. Oh, okay, let's find out together. All of us, guys, let's take a journey. Who's Brad Stein? I don't know. Probably just the word. Oh, God. He looks like a horrible man. I need, like, a short one. All he has is, like, these, like, 57-minute clip. Oh, Why? no, thanks. Yeah. Come on. Just don't you have, like, a joke that I can just, like, watch, like, one one minute? Is this? I assume this is a Christian comic. Yeah. He looks like a 1997 like, country singer. <clears throat> he looks like if Gerard Depardieu and Robin Williams had a child. That yeah. was also an asshole. <laughs> Does he have any jokes that aren't 20 minutes long? No, I don't think so. Wait. Oh, Spotify God. Oh, God. Hold on. Wait. What? Hold on. Top 10 responses to Obama sticker removal kit? Yeah, play that. <laughs> we can just listen to one or two of them, and then we'll know. Men should get pregnant. Oh, gosh. Play the I don't uh, Obama know what to do. Okay. Oh, I'm only going to watch like part of this because I don't think I can handle this person. 
Hi, I'm Brad Stein. You might recognize me from the Obama bumper sticker. No, I don't. Retarded nope, Keith Urban. <laughs> Hey, Brad Son, if you're explaining your joke, it's yeah. not a good one. Don't on those open-minded liberals write in and do terribly what? anti-conservative, bigoted remarks. To me, it's funny. That's what I love about America. You can laugh and make fun of something even though... Horses go tell about why he loves America. Mm. And I thought, you know Especially what? when we're in a half-unbuttoned woman's blouse. Yes, he is. Like a v-neck blouse. His chest hair. And let's see how smart and intelligent those who still believe in this administration actually felt about our Obama bumper sticker removal kit. How old is this? Looks like it's from 1990. Comedy to right-wingers is like oil and water. From 2010. Okay, because let's face it, if there's anybody that can't separate oil and water, it's the Obama administration. That wasn't funny. Oh my god. Sorry, but... Okay, we're done. Let's, uh, let's, we can talk about this. I want to see what he does, though. I got to see... Yeah, play it. Play a little bit different one. Let's see what men, I'm sure men should get pregnant on. Uh, all the things that women can do, I'll tell you what's the most amazing. They can have a baby. Oh, God. Fucking... I broke me. Shut I up. will never in my life know what it's like to have a human being inside of me. I disagree I with think that, Brad <laughs> Something happens to a woman's head when she's pregnant, though. <laughs> I missed something. I feel. Yeah. Those things that used to be called rationality, Hold and on. common sense. This is perfect. Here we go. Here's one that's a minute and thirty-four seconds long about male cheerleaders. Perfect. I'm sorry you can call me a sexist, but I think there's some things men shouldn't do. Men should not be cheerleaders. And Brad Stein should not do stand-up. No, comedy. God no. That's <laughs> awful. <laughs> Men shouldn't be cheerleaders. You know, women should be cheerleaders. They're better at it. They can do all the great moves. They can do tricks and flips and splits. All the great moves. Guys got one move. Hold the girl by the rear end. What? How in this age of political correctness and oversensitivity is somebody not suing somebody over this? Because when I was growing up, we guys would always mock guys. I think he's confused. Guy we'll see. Guy cheerleader too. couldn't get on the team. Guy cheerleader. Hey. Oh no. Well, I'm too short for basketball. Oh my gosh. Okay. How they getting away with that? Oh, uh, hold on. He's building towards something. I, somebody's going to see my I DVD. They're going to be suing. You watch. It's going to. Some lawyers going, man, why didn't I think of that? Nobody is. You know? Know? <laughs> and men and women do things differently, you know, and, and there's things that women do that guys can't do. I, that's my point. I'm not saying we're better than you. I'm saying we do some things better than you, you do some things better than us. I'm glad. That's why I need you. Fill in the spots I don't know. Okay. First of all, I'd like to say one thing before you comment as a comment perspective. Mine from a human perspective. Guys like him. Which I think we've talked about him before. I'm a Christian. I believe in God. You know, Justin doesn't, and I don't care who yeah. believes in what. Guys like him are the people that make me so mad because he's like that creepy youth pastor trying to be hip guy, that, like won't say a curse word or this and that, but he's trying to be edgy. Yeah. But he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. That guy 
is Gra- sexist. Grabbing your rear end. Yeah, like, what a weirdo, too. Like, he's like a creepy pervert. Who, no, I don't know. Here's the thing about it, though, is, like, he's saying this thing. Okay, so he's, like, he's saying how it's wrong for guys to be cheerleaders, right? Essentially. Yes, that is what But then saying. he backs it up by saying that it's the correct thing to do because you get to grab girls' asses without being getting in trouble. Which is not creepy at all, except that it's super creepy. Yeah, it's fucking... Like, <laughs> besides that... <sighs> That's the problem with the problem with people like that and the problem with that kind of stamp comedy is that you don't do you're not doing anything. The people are laughing because they're like, This man agrees with my morals and I right. I, I now have entertainment that's you is, know that was at a big church. Yeah. He couldn't go to any real comedy show. He'd no. be booed off the stage. Yeah. Because he doesn't tell jokes. No. He didn't say anything that was even kind of funny. No. Or clever. Besides that, I mean I'm just gonna say that again, again. Why can't people just be factually accurate about things? Right. I've never once been watching a fucking game where there's male cheerleaders and seen any of them grab anyone's asses. Like, at all. You know what I mean? No. Like, they're usually holding their ankles or, like, propping them up. You know what I mean? Like, why didn't he say, like, why didn't he just do this? Why didn't he say, like, oh, they got to, like, look up up their skirts or whatever? Right. You Makes know, a lot more fucking sense. You know what sense. male cheerleaders usually do? The same shit that the female ones do. Yeah. Otherwise, they're probably not going to be a cheerleader. No. Fucking moron. Well, I'm, I appreciate you for pointing him out to us because now yeah, I have a new great. thing to look up on YouTube when I'm bored in the middle of the night. Ugh. Well, you can't, though. That's the thing, though. It's like, it would be fine and you would be able to do it except that all of his clips are so fucking long yeah. that like you can't invest that kind of time. There's not a chance I'm watching an hour no. of that. No. But what is this? So on the way here, I stopped at rallies and got a drink, a soda pop. It's got like a black tar thing around the lid and I don't like it. What? Kind of sketchy oh. out. Oh, I don't know. It's probably just from inside the box, like I got scuffed or something. I hope so, man. I don't want to get SARS. Right? Bird flu. (laughs) Hey, guys, I was wondering what your thoughts on the concept album Songs from the Black Hole that would have been Weezer's second album rather than Pinkerton. Do you think it would have flopped as well or no? Here's the thing. Uh, I don't think Pinkerton flopped in general. I mean, well, yeah, when it came out. It technically did. It did sort of, but and critically, it definitely did, which is weird. But I don't think that anything. I think anything after the Blue album would have been considered a flop. I was gonna say that is. I think it's funny is that Pinkerton. I think more so flopped in the way where it didn't sell as well as the Blue album at all, and critics hated it when it first came out. Now everyone loves it. Yeah, I liked it since it came out. Yeah, I made it too. too. I bought it the day it came out. At Circuit City with my dad. I was like 15. I was like, this is great. Yeah. But it's exactly, I mean, you can look it up, and I know you agree. I mean, it's, it's just fact what Rivers, what happened was, after Blue Album, he wanted to make a more personal album. Right. And he did. It's a very yeah. personal kind of, kind of like a, uh, an awkward album. You know what I mean? And it did bad, and critics didn't like it. So he even said, I'm never going to write a personal song again. Yeah. I think that was the beginning of the end of Weezer, because after that, he started to write pop songs. Right. And they did well, and they got rich. But I don't like it. Most Weezer fans don't like it. No. But I think anything that came out of the Blue Album, if it wasn't the Green Album, which obviously was them going back to just trying to redo the Blue Album, right. would have flopped. Because people... Well, that's the other thing, though, is like, what are we viewing as a flop? Because technically, right. you know, like... I mean... Because you think... Okay, think about it this way. It's like... Like, uh, I forget who was tweeting about it last night, but said, like, Adele has a new album coming out or whatever, you know? Yeah. And she sold what, like, fifteen million copies of her last one. Something crazy. And, then, for and they were like, they were like, oh, you know, that album's gonna flop because she's only gonna sell like seven million. And then they were <laughs> like, they were like, 
what am I talking about saying that some flops and it's only selling seven million? It's like, well, because it's less than half of what they sold before. True. But that doesn't fucking mean anything. I agree. Because you're still making a lot of money. People still, it's like, that's like when Lady Gaga sells like 30 million albums and then the next one comes out and she sells 28 and someone right. says it's a flop. It's like, Say, I think really. Pinkerton was a flop to their label. Yeah. And to critics and to Rivers. I think took it the hardest because it just destroyed him. Like that album getting reviewed the way it did and not selling that well. I think, I mean, you can read interviews where it's like, I'm never going to write a personal record again. Right. And he didn't. So to Weezer fans, that album is incredible. Which I'm actually kind of glad that he didn't because he did go back to trying to write personal albums when they brought Make Believe out or whatever. Yeah. And it was fucking yeah. stupid. Agreed. But no, I, I agree with you. I think anything that wasn't the Blue Album after the Blue Album was just set up to, to be yeah. a failure. I yeah. put quotation marks. Because I mean, it's... that album was such like a weird... The Blue Album's incredible. And it... It deserves everything it got, and it's one of my favorite records ever. But at the time, with what was on the radio and stuff, it was kind of a fluke that it got that big. Yeah. And it just came out and sold, what, like 10 million copies? Oh, God. Ridiculous. Maybe not that And many. the fact that, know, like, but... the Sweater song itself was a very unorthodox that... single yeah. in the beginning anyway, the fact that it got as big as it did. Yeah, so, I mean, no, I, I, I don't know. I guess that's a weird way to answer that question. Well, I mean, ultimately, like, the best way to answer it is, is that that was the beginning of the music industry's well, for a while, for probably about 15 years, where they were like, all right, well, we'll push the first album, the second album, the sophomore album is going to fail, so we're just it not going to do lot. anything. And a lot did of bands. All the time. And that was why we a just... lot of bands like left labels and, you know, had major lawsuits and all that kind of shit. Yeah, we just, like, we, just, we, just, we just put out their first album, which was self-titled, right? And they had Teenage Dirtbag, if you guys remember that song. If you haven't heard that song, then I can't explain who they are to you. Yeah. But they, it was a great record, honestly. It was really good, and it was cool and quirky. Their second album, I think, was like five times better. I think it was. I they put was out a record better. called Hand Over Your Loved Ones, and they turned it into Sony, and Sony just wouldn't put it out. Yeah. And the record is amazing. Yeah. And it could have been <clears throat> on the radio. Oh, God, yeah, it could have. Like, but I guess they just thought the lyrics were too offensive, which they were a little darker, but it's a good example. Well, it's the same thing that happened with the rentals in Seven Absolutely. More Minutes. It's yeah. like, you know, uh, the first one came out, Return of the Rentals came out, and then... And that Friends with Peace song was huge. And then that album sold well. And then they made an actual album. Yeah. You know, which was seven more minutes. Which and like, is great. Nobody fucking, like, they, they would they would barely put it out. Like, they put it out, but they barely, like, put anything behind it as far as advertising goes. You're right. And it had shit tons of other musicians on it and stuff. Like, yeah. people he had met when he was in Weezer and everything. And, like, it's like, if anything, you could have put it out and been like, hey, this is the guy who used to be in Weezer. Yeah, easily. And that would sell it right there at yeah. the time. Well, I think you're right. For years after that, that was a business model. Labels were just like, let's put out this band's record, make a ton of money off of it, move on to the next. Yeah. Move on to the next. Yeah. And it's that just shows you the state of major like, labels. Keep, keep them under contract so later on we can milk them dry from the money exactly that they rightfully made. It, it shows you how fucked up and evil these labels are because they do that for profit. I don't think that that's like a band's career and like they have families and they're still making great records. It'd be different if they weren't, but like you're done with that band because you made all the money you need off their first album. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting here writing these great records, trying to like go on tour, and you're fucking them over. Yeah. And I, we just actually even came out and uh, put that album out on their <clears throat> own and got the rights to it and called it Suck Phony. Yeah. Which I wish they would have been a little ballsier and just called it Fuck Sony. Yeah. But they would have gotten sued. Yeah. But, uh, no, you're right. So it's a weird business model, but a lot of labels do it. Um, this guy, ex-Jazz X. <laughs> Yes. Said, uh, hey guys, you both like to make fun of bad country and talk about Coke slash Pepsi products. So I thought I'd kill two birds with one stone. Look up the song Mayberry by Rascal Flats. 
When I was younger, I babysat a kid whose family was obsessed with country, and I had to listen to this heap of shit a uh, god-awful amount of times. Enjoy. Love the podcast. PX, can't wait to see you mixtapes at Fest. Ian. Well, thank you for the compliments about the podcast. We appreciate it. We like that you love the podcast. We love you, too. And now we're going to listen to a shitty song. we got to stop listening to shitty songs after this one today. We're trying to get into positive music here. Yeah, well, we're not going to because it's all anybody wants to do is sing <laughs> shitty fucking songs now. Send us good songs next week. Send us songs that you love that maybe people haven't heard. Just for one week. What? Sounds like the Wiggles. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like this world spinning faster. Coca-Cola. Than it did in the old days. So naturally we have more natural disasters from the strain of a fast pace. I hope this course is just pure advertising. This is awful. Oh my god. Okay, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Sherry. Coke. Oh, that's a nice Okay, uh, maybe you can answer this for me because I don't know. I feel like hey, Rascal Flat. Actually, can I say one thing about that real quick? Yes. Is the first verse is about how, like, the world is just. It's too commercial, too fast paced. You can't, you know, slow down. <laughs> I want to go back to Mayberry and do a product placement exactly. in my song because I'm a fucking hypocrite asshole. That guy's a racist. Ugh. I was going to say, Rascal Flats is weird to me. Is like, I feel like they're a band that's like getting bigger now, but have they been a band for like 20 years? Yeah, they've been huge forever. Didn't they? They were a really big as far they were like because they were more of a Christian band, so they were, were big they? in that era. Like, Didn't they do the uh, Life is a Highway? I'm gonna drive it all night. I mean, long. they didn't do that originally, but I'm sure they yeah, did a cover. They of did it. a cover of it. Saw it at a casino once. You saw them at a casino once? Yeah, on tour. I don't remember what they were playing that. Why were you there? Why were you I watching was gambling. them? They were just outside, like on a big thing. Doing a oh, show. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. So I was like, "What the?" Fuck and they're like are one of those weird about? bands where you look at the dudes and you're like, "Is that guy 19 or 48?" Oh yeah, you can't you tell. Don't know. That's the problem with anybody. No, but, uh, all no, right. Jerry. Let's get into uh, <laughs> let's get into the episode today and the music we want to talk about. Okay. Uh, hold on. We'll get to that guy next week. Yeah. Um, this guy actually wrote in about the thing uh, for the bands that you change your life question. AFI is the first one that comes to mind for me. This is, I don't know what this is. My Ashes Falling. Okay. Uh, came to mind for me. They've been my favorite band for almost a decade, and I've had a pretty big impact on my life, not just because of their music, but because of their fan base. They have the most dedicated following of any band that I've been a fan of, and I've met some pretty amazing people through them, some of which have helped me st- Stay sane through dark times. I think the phrase, this band saved my life, gets thrown around too much. But it sort of applies to me with AFI. Other bands that changed my wife and wife? My life in uh, a who way. Who changed your wife, Justin? Oh, don't worry about it. She's a man now. <laughs> uh, Rancid. I probably wouldn't be into punk as much as I am without Outcome the Woods. Let's see, Bayside. Um, 
cool. more recent one. They're one of the reasons why I got through last fall winter when I was working 12 to 14 hour shifts, six days a week. Jesus. And thought I was going to go crazy. Their music also helped me have a more positive outlook on life than I did six months ago. Other question. When I saw mixtapes open for Bayside in Baltimore, the Orioles were having their opening night. If either of you were a closing pitcher, which song would you use as you walked out to the mound? Um, I As I walked out to the mound, I'm trying to decide if it would be a funny song or just like a song that actually gets me pumped up. Know, what would you walk out to? I don't even know. I was about uh, yeah. to say that awful song, High Tech Redneck, because it's so <laughs> stupid. But I couldn't think of a justification for it, so I wasn't going to. Um, I would come out. I dude, I'll pitcher. come out that fucking Volbeat Warrior song, man. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm a warrior. Hell yeah. Brother. Um, I would come out to... I would come out to Journey then to the East Bay by Rancid. I want that bass line as I walk out. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. That's a good one. You talked yeah. about Rancid. We'll use Rancid. So there's mine. That's what I walk out to. Or Particle Man by They Might Be Giants. Oh, it would be perfect. So I could be walking out to the mound, all these people would be all excited and be like, Particle Man, I might, Particle Man. I might go Dr. Worm on that. Ooh, myself. good one. Good yeah. one. Um, um, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, we have a lot of friends that love AFI. I don't love AFI, but you're right. They do have a very dedicated fan base. Yes, they do. And uh, very, I've realized, maybe unpopular opinion, but the only AFI album I really like, my favorite one, is uh, what's it called? Can't think of the name of it now. I just went completely blank. What's like their first big out? Sing the Sorrow. Yeah, I like yeah. that record. Is that? I thought Black Sails of Sunset was bigger or first their first big one. Maybe it was the one that got them there, and then well after that was Art of Drowning, which was big. Yeah, that's right. That and was. Then the Sing the Sorrow one. had like their radio stuff, but I like that album. But I'm not real into AFI. But I never have been either. But I mean, all the people I've ever known that are into them yeah. have always been like are still just as into them as they ever were before. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, they never but really have slacked off or I, anything like that. I appreciate your story. I, yeah. There's nothing wrong with saying the band saved your life, but I do agree. The problem is, there's nothing wrong with it, but it does get thrown around now just, like, randomly, I think, too much to people that don't understand, like, the magnitude of what that means. Oh, no. Yeah. If somebody but, says to me, oh, what's that fucking new band? Oh, like, uh, Five Seconds of Summer or whatever. Oh, God. Yeah. The Australian thing that's, like, One Direction only. Yeah, it's like the new One Direction. With like, like a little it, but, bit, a little bit more rocking. Yeah, like they one guy has a guitar. Yeah, like that third emblem band or whatever. It. Have you yeah. heard of them? Yeah, <laughs> like all that shit. Like when people say, like when like kids say, like oh that say, that changed my life or that saved my. It's like, no. Yeah, I feel like Justin Bieber saved my life. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. But like, manufactured pop music didn't save your life unless like you were being hung by a rope and someone tossed the CD at it right. and cut so, it. I think punk and hardcore in general, I mean, like, I don't even like hardcore that much. Punk and hardcore, it's just more of an underground thing where the music is a lot more personal, so Well, and I also easy. think that the it's helpful because the community is strong around it exactly. as opposed to, like... Because, like, if with, like, pop music and stuff like that, you don't get a sense of community because no. it's too large scale. Like, there's exactly. nothing personal about it. And that's yeah. the point. It's designed to be that way. There's nothing wrong with liking it, but you have no, to at least at understand. You yeah, know. definitely. I agree with that. But, yeah, I mean... Today we're talking about music that shaped us and bands that we'd like people to check out. We'll probably continue this some more next week too and kind of intertwine it. But I was gonna say, uh, I mean, how did you do? Did you make a list of albums? Yeah, I just made a list. It was let's, five, let's, five let's albums talk about that it, I think I'm sure are, I'll agree with you. Are important. We just like we said, there's a lot of younger people that come to mixtape shows and listen to Justin and I talk, and just want to talk about bands that influence us and like tell you bands you know check out if you want to, right? Because it's stuff that meant a lot to us. I won't say save my life necessarily. I was like never at a suicidal point, but I mean, 
we're definitely talking about bands that changed me and made me the person I've become because I love music and the music and the punk scene really did like help me become person like realize who I was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean I'm the same way. Yeah. Like, but I mean I, I kind of avoided some of the more obvious like like screeching weasel and the queers and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like stuff that I always like and I will always like, but it's not. It was never like ultra important to me because it's all. I mean, there's tons and tons of stuff like that. Like where I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, this band and this band. I love these bands and all this stuff. But they weren't like things that like changed my way of thinking about anything in particular. Right. Or you know, I mean, like like did anything like because I could point to like numerous mutant pop bands as the reason why I have the, some of the friends that I have that oh, yeah. you know for years and years and years. Well, but that isn't. To say that they were like import like as important to my life as like they changed like my outlook on things. For sure, I, was, like I have a Screech and Weasel tattoo. I'm one of my favorite bands, and they're really the reason I started playing music. But I mean, it's not like lyrically that band hits home with me in a crazy way. Minus a couple of songs. No, but yeah, there's a couple of songs. There's definitely a couple of songs with them. Like I would, I would. They're just a band that I love, and I mean that is why I started playing music. We can yeah. get to that in a little bit. I want to want to kind of tell the story of me getting into music. Let's talk about your albums first. Oh. Uh, let's see. My fifth one is. Uh, uh, Dear You by Jawbreaker. Yes. Which, I mean, I know it's like their first, like it was the only album on like Geffen or whatever when they got signed to a major label and it barely got released really. But I still think ultimately it's my favorite album and I think it's their best album. A lot of people don't agree with that, but I think it's their most accomplished album. Like I I always, I try to make a distinction between what I like the most and what I know for a fucking fact is the best album a band can put out. Right. Because, like, a lot of people say 24-hour revenge therapy. That's and my that's favorite. that's fine. Like, yeah, and that's, like, a lot of people's favorite and everything like that. But you can listen to that, and that, uh, that album definitely has, like, a couple of clunkers on it. Yeah. That, you know. It does. But I think Dear You is the best personification of, uh, or amalgamation of everything that Jawbreaker does or did. See, De- Jawbreaker is definitely a band that when people get into them, like, you become obsessive with them. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You're reading the lyrics, it hits you, it touches you. What do you think about them made Jawbreaker, like, this band that... Because, I mean, you know, there's certain bands, like I was going to say, as Dillinger Ford did the same thing to me, where you hear them at first, you might think about it as much. But you, when you get into Jawbreaker, it's an obsessive thing. Yeah. Like, it literally just, like, hits you in a way that most bands don't. I'd... What do you think made them that way? I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. I just think that. Do you I think, think it's time and place, or do you think it's a mix of that and just songwriting? Well, I think it's I think it's mostly the songwriting because I don't think that there's kids now that would listen to that and think any differently than I did when I, I listened agree. to. I it. I think you there's still I mean? a lot of younger generation now in the punk scene that does get a jawbreaker and becomes obsessive yeah. because Blake wrote lyrics that were very. I mean, they were different at the time because punk came out, and it was punk, and it was either political or it was snotty or it was sarcastic. And there weren't really a lot of bands at the time just writing love they songs. Were, yeah, and they were very melodic. And, and yeah, Because love songs, you had like Mr. T Experience and the Queers, saying about girls, but it was cheesy on purpose. I mean, yeah. they're great writers. There's, different. There's a difference. There's more personal. But Like it sounds more like a person trying to tell a story, sort of, than it does. With, agreed. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like Jawbreaker came out in a time when like punk was getting bigger, but they really were writing these like poetic mm-hmm. love heartbroken like I mean yeah they were poetic yeah I think that's a good word because I don't think a lot of bands are writing poetic lyrics like that. no and I think they were more more not like whatever but I think they were more like I would put it I guess like well read than other bands you know what I mean I like agree. Def- smarter yeah 
And I think that I think and I think that you know Blake wrote things that are more uh like as far as like the not that the subject matter isn't like a thing that would happen like any time in human history but like I think that he wrote a lot of stuff that's very like interestingly not of its own time you know what i mean like it I could be any era like it doesn't matter when like that those songs would be just as good now or right. in 20 years as they were 20 years ago when they came out like yeah I, th- I think it's important a lot of bands do focus too much on the now and like this is like a, a goofy little example of being bands like be writing songs seeing about like twitter and facebook and it's yeah. like well, what are you doing like, yeah like my iphone and yeah it's you like, might be popular 20 for years year, no one's gonna know what the fucking but it's iPhone like was. yeah like they, they wrote classic songs yeah. they're great they could stick yeah, around yeah. for a long time exactly i think that's the big thing is like and i also at the time i don't even know who i would have compared them to because they don't really sound yeah. a whole lot like other bands of that era like they had the influences of the east bay scene but i mean they didn't right. sound like those bands no. they didn't sound like crimp shrine no they sound like operation ivy uh-uh no, and I think, like, that was their closest, like, their closest Ken would have been, like, Jay Church. Yeah, Jay Church is a good example, and I actually... And Sam I Am and shit like really that. like Jay Church more than Sam I Am or Jawbreaker, which might be a weird opinion, but I just love the songwriting, but Jay I Church... I like Jay Church, I just, when they were still around and he was still alive, I wish that, like, they were not as prolific as they are, because I think he wrote... They were too prolific. They went too much, like... There's some be said for being prolific, and that's fine, and it's great, but is my same problem with that as I have with the guy by voices is there's too much shit, and I don't understand it, and it's not I agree. as accessible as so I just, would like it to be. Just because you can make an album every week doesn't yeah, mean doesn't you mean should. It doesn't mean should, no. <laughs> like, not yeah. at all. Like, it, it is almost too much. Yeah. It's way too much. All right, what's number four? Uh, uh, versus God by Dillinger 4. Great pick. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people say we, Midwestern songs, but... So we could talk about Dillinger 4 for a whole episode. Oh, yeah, easily. <laughs> but, like, you know, I think, again, Versus God is my favorite, and also I think it best sums up everything they've ever tried to do. Not that they've ever made a bad album, because they never have, and probably never will if they decide to continue making if albums. they ever make another one. But, um, you know, yeah. nothing they've ever made has been bad. No. But I think Versus God is, like, the pinnacle of their strengths. 204, I'll say, is one of those weird bands where I think from the very first 7-inch they ever made was incredible. Mm-hmm. And they had something special that you could hear right away. And not only that, I was going to say, I don't know what my favorite 204 album is. I don't think I could even tell you. But I can tell you my least favorite by far situation is comedy. That being said, I love that record. Right. And it's yeah. my least favorite. Yeah. That band, yeah, that's a band that I literally, like Jawbreaker for you, I first got into 204. Their first album is called Midwestern Songs. Which is a band, I guess point of this episode, if you haven't heard Dillinger 4, please go listen to Yeah, you should immediately. I don't know how to describe them. They're melodic in their own weird way. And when I first heard their first record, it didn't hit me at first. But then I sat down with the lyrics. And, you know, I got obsessive. And literally, their lyrics are so well written. Mm-hmm. They don't sound like anybody. I don't know. But Well, that's the other thing is what I've never understood is they've been such a, a large, like, underground influence in the punk scene for such a long time. Absolutely. I mean, you're going, like, I mean, it's been almost 20 years now, but no band sounds like them. No. There isn't another fucking band that sounds like Dillinger 4. No. I mean, other, like, the only band I can even think that comes close is The Arrivals, and they have their own weird sound that goes on anyway. And they have a member of Dillinger 4. Yeah, true. <laughs> but, but, that, yeah. but I mean, even before that, yeah, you know true. what I mean? Like, they were always different. There's a lot of bands that, like, have taken parts of the Dillinger Force sound, but nobody Razors fucking a little sound. bit. Sort of, but they're not, not one tenth as good. Yeah, 
But it's like, I mean, nobody sounds like that band at all. No. Like, you just can't emulate that same. And there's been some bands that have tried, but it's it always turns out different. They have their own, like, like they have, like, essentially, like, what I feel like is a patent on their own sound. They like, do. There's I, no one four, else like I will that. go as far to say I think is the best current punk rock band that is together. Yeah, I'll go with I that. I just can't. I'll agree with that. That band is so good. And that band did change my life. That band wrote social political songs in a way that made you think about things without being too far one way or another way. They were mm-hmm. just smart. They were fun. They weren't too serious. And yeah, I agree. I don't Well, that's what I'm trying like that's what I mean is like the, that's what I was trying to go for is like things that like changed like the way I looked at stuff and the way I thought about life and everything. And that album like actually every album they've ever put out has yeah. done that for me because they're they're so interesting, and I don't understand it because you meet them, and they're like the, the funniest, like nicest people. And that's why it's crazy. Like, they don't take themselves too no, seriously. No, they don't at all. And then like you listen to like their lyrics, and you're like, how the fuck do you like so smart? How do you sum up things so eloquently in these like blasts of fucking two minutes and thirty seconds or whatever? Because yeah, they're not too serious. Oh, and we have a call. We got a call. Who is it? I don't know. Hello. 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 Who am I speaking to? Mike. Hello, Mikey. Hi, Mikey. What's going on? How are you, sir? I'm good. You were here on Big Snackers. Say hi to the audience. Excellent. Hello, audience. Not that it's live, Big but they'll hear snackers. it later. They'll hear it later tonight. Um, <laughs> we wanted to talk to you because uh, today's theme is we were talking about a few weeks ago how, and mixtapes and stuff. You know, we've kind of been embraced by this like newer pop punk scene. Uh, and it's awesome, and I'm thankful for it. But we were just kind of talking about how a lot of people that listen might not know about older bands that, like, you know, influenced us. And, yeah. you know, you're in a band that Justin and I love, and you put out a lot of great music, and you also have great musical taste. So we were just talking about albums and bands that kind of, like, changed the way we looked at music or, like, our life, you know what I mean? Awesome. And Justin was naming his top five. I haven't even gotten to mine. We're only at number three but he listed yeah. jawbreaker dear you and dillinger four versus god but uh it's your turn to pick an album you gotta talk about a record and how badass it is uh we're putting well, you on the spot he didn't see. even know we were gonna ask him there's a million records uh i always i always cite pinkerton as the one that like changed the way i looked at like how to write songs we were just talking about pinkerton it is an incredible and record. like yeah, I mean, I just, I heard that, and I, I'd never heard something so personal before in my entire life, you know? Right. We were actually I was like, that's how, that. that's how I want to write. Um, if, I, if, I, if I get to choose the kind of songs I want to write, I want to write these songs. That's a good example. We were actually talking about that, as I think what ruined Weezer was uh, he wrote such a personal album, and it got slammed so hard when it came out that ever since then, he's been trying not to write a personal record, and I think it shows. Yeah, ever since then, it's just been like... <laughs> The lyrics are just like and I even I even like Green and and uh, and Maladroit, but uh, right, yeah. It, but like lyrically, he just he it, it's like he said like made a conscious decision like decision to just not do Pinkerton again at all. Like I think he was just, go go as far away from Pinkerton as possible. I think he was just chasing that perfect pop song. Like he was just trying to write radio hits yeah. and he did he succeeded he made a lot of money. yeah i mean he still knows how to write a write a melody you know well i don't i don't want to make you blush but, blush too much but you also are in a band 
that I mean the Ergs definitely changed a lot of things and you guys have inspired countless bands um, and I was gonna say you know when the Ergs started what were you what were you going for oh, right. <laughs> what was that um, yeah, I'm I'm walking around Brooklyn right now walking to my uh, show at Death by Audio tonight so who are you playing with so you um, I'm playing with a band called High Dive from Bloomington Indiana High Dive is good. Uh, I haven't heard them yet, but it's it's like Ginger from One Reason and Good Luck. Yeah, it is. And well, uh, I mean, so. you, were, you were in the Ergs, and you sang in the Ergs and played drums, and you guys influenced a shit ton of bands and still are. And you guys were yeah. great. And you've been in a lot of great bands, minus the Star Fucking Hipsters. But uh, <laughs> uh, so I was gonna, I'm just giving you a hard time. But uh, I know when, when you started the Ergs, I mean, like, what were you trying to be? Like, what were your main influences? Um, we were just trying to, I don't know, like we, I think that's the the reason we were, or at least the, the reason I think that we, you know, were a special band was we, we weren't going for anything. We were just going to, to sound, we wanted to sound like everything we listened to and it didn't matter that it wasn't all punk, like, you know, we wanted to throw some free jazz in there. We wanted to throw some the uh, country in there uh, and you know my songs come from a pop punk perspective so they all they all like kind of started as pop punk and then whenever we would get together at rehearsal we would just we would just rehearse for hours and hours in like Joe's mom's basement and just kind of mess around on whatever we could do so like right. we you know we'd take these songs that were that started out as like your your typical three chord pop punk song and then just add whatever we thought was cool at that moment to the song. That's a good and answer. Kind of um, kind of did you know? It's a, you know it's a, I think there was no there was no like conscious. We have to do this. We have to do this. I think that's the like, best best cl- way to clouding start up a band. The, the songs, you know. Do you do you ever feel like reviewers were lazy? Because I I think the most thing I noticed the most in Erg's reviews, even if they were good yeah. reviews, were that you guys just sound like the Descendants, and I never thought that at all. I hear the influence, but I yeah, I, I, I literally mean, saw reviews that were like they sound I, a lot like the Descendants, and I was like, no, they don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> I always just figured like it was you know, well yeah I mean I don't know if it's laziness, but I just figured that they were like okay they write about they sing about girls and they can all play their instruments right so like. <laughs> In that, in that respect, we did sound like the Descendants, I suppose. I guess I was gonna say, um, you played drums and sang, obviously. So, was yeah. that like a conscious decision, or was it more just lack of you didn't want to let somebody else do the drum parts that would bother you? You didn't just want to be a front man, or it was a uh, it was it was um, pretty much just the only like we had. We were a band called we used to be called the Flatliners, which is pretty funny now. <laughs> that is funny. Um, I I talked to Chris from Flatliners all the time about it. Um, <laughs> but so when we we just, like our drummer left, and then I just started playing drums, and we just decided to keep going like that for a while. But with, with it was always kind of the intention to bring a drummer in, and I would play guitar and sing. Eventually, when we got around to it, you know. Yeah. Um, and then and we actually did have a drummer for a little while. This guy named Gurge. And uh, he he Gurge. played with us for a couple of weeks and then stopped and then I just was like I'm just gonna play drums I guess. Right? Did you like <laughs> playing so drums and singing? It always just, 
like every time we tried to like add another member or like get a drummer, it never really worked out. So we kind of were just we were just like, this must be the way it's supposed to be. Like right. we'll just I'll just play drums, you know. Yeah. Um, well, that's okay because it obviously worked out well for you guys. <laughs> Did uh? Oh, yeah, that's cool. Say, now it, that you're. It, it, I, Go on. Sorry. No, no, go on. Go, go on. I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> well, I was going to say, it's interesting, too, because we're talking about music that inspired us. I mean, the Ergs obviously started years and years ago now. Now that you're older, do you find that your influences uh, or what you want to do musically are different? Like, what's inspiring you now? Um, I don't know. I just, I find inspiration. Just, like, I'll read, like, a... I read like a book and find a find a line or something that I, I read in the book, or like I'll I still I'm heavily inspired by every type of music that I listen to. So like I'll hear I'll hear a line or hear like a melody, and I'll that'll just inspire me to pick up a guitar and just get a song going. Right. Um, you know, just finding these little bits of inspiration in, in well, things that I watch and read and live. <laughs> If, if you, well, that's a good answer. I do like when musicians talk about being inspired by things other than music because I'm the same way. I read a lot of books and just like yeah, a lot of like news radio stuff, and I'll just hear stuff that inspires me in different ways. It doesn't just have to be music or like punk rock, obviously. Totally, yeah. Do you? Yeah, that's the best is when you when you like read a good magazine article or something that you weren't even planning on reading, and then something in it just hits you, and then you're just like, okay, I'm gonna. Yeah, I, extrapolate on this. <laughs> yeah, I listen to a lot of like political podcasts, and it's funny because I don't write political songs, but I just hear certain things, and it's yeah. like more social political, but it'll inspire me to hear something like give me an idea for a song. It doesn't have to be political necessarily, but totally. It is well, if, if you had to pick one current band to tell people to go listen to, because we want people to check out things, who would it be? Tell us about like the most um, badass, awesome yeah. band right now. There's this band called Mixtapes. It's pretty fucking good. Oh, shut up. <laughs> First of all, you can think of a better um, band than that. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, I really... Obviously, like a, my, a, a less well-known band would be good. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to think of... Um, <laughs> trying to, there's a band... Uh, I'm actually... I just played with them the other night, and I'm playing with them again. Uh this Friday in Baltimore, they're called X Friends. It's one of the guys from Fly United's current band. Okay. And they uh, they have a bunch of seven inches, and they just put out an LP, and it's phenomenal. They're like just they're there's something I don't know. It's just like you they exude punk rock. They're just amazing, <laughs> and the songs are great. It's uh, they're one of my absolute favorite bands right now. Well, I haven't even heard them. Um, I've heard the name. I'm not checking them out. It's X Friends, like E X yeah, Friends. Yeah. E X. And friends, yes. Uh, they're on they're on paper and plastic, Vinny from Less and Jake's label. Okay. Well, everyone check them out. I'm gonna check them out too. Awesome. But uh thank cool. you for calling in. We're gonna have to talk to you more again soon, but we just wanna get your opinion, talk to you about music. Cool, man. So you have a good show tonight. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me on this. Thanks for calling awesome. in. Mikey Erg, everybody, check him out because he does solo stuff and is a badass. <laughs> All right, I'll talk All to right, you buddies. soon. See ya brother. Oh, we hung up on him, Oops. fucking asshole. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was Mikey. Who, if you haven't checked, the Ergs is a good example. If you haven't listened to the Ergs, oh yeah, man. I mean, okay. I I, uh, I thought I went back and forth about adding Dork Rock Cork Rod to that, but of course I also think Upstairs Downstairs is a better album. I do too. But Dork Rock's my favorite. The one. Ergs are definitely one of the most badass bands of recent memory. My uh, third one is uh, Astray by Sam I Am. Mm. I know you're not probably a big Sam I Am fan. Um, 
No, I don't dislike Sam I Am. I, they're a band that just didn't hit me like they did everybody else. Though. Yeah. That would be my favorite album by the by by far for them. Oh yeah, we it's actually, amazing. Um, it's my favorite. Actually, if anybody, I mean, we've had quite a few people write in that said like they were going through breakups or something like that. Yeah, that album's the ultimate breakup album. It's just listen to it album. because it's not really like breakup songs like. Fuck you, you know, punk rock, whatever. There's thing. a problem it's with more... the new pop punk. If you want to get into it, what's that? I like back in the '90s, bands wrote thoughtful, poetic songs like we were talking about. And this new trend, for whatever reason, is like if your girlfriend breaks up with you, is like talk about how you hope she gets in a car wreck and she's like a slut. Oh, I know. It's the worst trend on the entire I know, it's planet. Stupid as shit. And I will agree, even though I don't even like that album as much as you. Is if you want to listen to like a good breakup album, go back and listen to like lyrics that. Weren't stupid mean as shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, mean anything at all. Like I'm gonna throw dirt in your eye because you dump me. You're a whore. It's like the, I mean, then seriously, it's like all those bands are going back to like what, like, the like you were in eighth grade and your yeah. girlfriend broke up with you, so Absolutely. you like throw rocks at her on the playground. Tell your friend she's like fucking, a slut yeah. or something. Like stuff that like by the time you even hit like senior in high school, you should know better. Yeah, but. Again, I don't know. I mean, I hate all that kind of shit because I always think like, oh, it's just another sign of like the fact that like people can't just act like people anymore. They act like everything. Like they, like you have like twenty five year olds singing songs like that. Yeah, older than that. In a lot yeah, of cases, I know. But true. Yeah, but it's like it's like it's not like you're a legacy band like the Queers where he's still singing those songs even though he's in his like almost fifty. It's what they are. Yeah. Like, it's right. Because that's the just what band, they've right? always been. Yeah. But, like, you have, like, dudes that are in their 30s, like, still singing songs like that. And you have fucking idiots like that awful whatever they were called that sings that porn star dancing song. But you just have all these people who are, like, clearly old enough to know better. And I understand it makes money. And if it makes money, then fine. But you also should have more of a responsibility to people than that. Like, because you're putting out the wrong fucking message. You are, and you're putting out a message that is damaging, especially to younger girls hearing stuff like that. Yeah. Because honestly, like, young girls don't need to hear songs like that. It's so damaging. Yeah. And we already live in a society where girls obviously are told they need to, like, look like this, act like this. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, then they're not right. Right. There's something, they're weird, like an outcast. And that's the other thing that I didn't understand is, like, so there's no controversy about, there's no fucking asshole people running around screaming about that song, that, like, porn star dancing song. Right. Or, like, things like that, like, Which about. Which is borderline rapey. Yeah. Literally, it's like a rape no, song. it is. But but they made a huge deal out of that out of fucking blurred lines. Like that was the worst. And it's like in comparison, blurred lines might as well be a kids' bop song. I agree because blurred lines is stupid, but it's not nearly as creepy and weird. No, as that song. it's not about how like, oh, you're not you're not cool. You don't like to hang out, man, unless you're gonna eat your friend's pussy. Yeah, you like, don't want to have a threesome. Yeah, get out of this party, weirdo. Yeah, exactly. You don't know how to dance like a fucking... What girl don't you know? have a threesome? Ugh. <laughs> so fucking stupid. Agreed. But that, yeah, Sam I Am. Real band. <coughs> yeah. Real band. Awesome band. Like, um... I, I've always liked them a lot, but I still think Astray is, like, the best thing they ever did. But it still holds up... Incre- I mean, it's 13 years old now, I think. I would say, yeah. That, it is, yeah, because it came out in 2001. So... I mean, for a 13-year-old album to still be as good as it was the day that I heard it, like, that's right. pretty fucking hard to do. It is. You and know? some albums do pull it off, for yeah. sure. Such as the next album that I have on here. Number two. Which is Reconstruction Site by The Weaker Lands. 
which will never be. What the fuck is this? Oh, but yeah, that's my second is reconstruction set. Yeah. Weaker dance. Yeah, my favorite Weaker Dance album as well. Yeah, but it's also there. I mean, it's not even that. The, there's no question it's our best album as far as I'm concerned. Agreed. Like it's the best thing they ever did, and not Much that like that's Dillinger that's Ford, hard. That's hard say. to say because they've never made a bad. Anything. Much like Dillinger Four, yeah. my least favorite Weaker Dance album is better than 99 percent right. of anything else. And I mean. <sighs> Reconstruction site came out in 1999, which is ridiculous. Is it that old? Yeah. It's 15 years old, and it sounds like it should have been out yesterday. What's agreed? And I was going to say, what's more weird? Or no, I'm you? sorry. Left and Leaving came out in 99. Reconstruction site was 2003. Okay. So it's still it was 11, 11 years. But Left and Leaving is just as fucking yeah, good. Yeah, Left and Leaving is amazing. <laughs> Actually, you can just take all the Weekend Ends albums and just put them on shuffle, and you will never know the difference because they have a very distinct sound. I can intertwine that. With an email, I was gonna say. Okay. Oh, well, we got a call. We got a caller. Hello. 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 Chris. It's me, Chris. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm here. Justin's here. Hi, Chris. Hi, Justin. <laughs> um, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Welcome to Big Snackers. It's happening right now. Huh? It is right it now. Is. I mean, it's not live. It'll be up tonight, though. And I expect yeah. you to tweet about it to your legion of uh, sex-obsessed fans. You say sex? Sex, Sexy-obsessed. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, today what we were talking about... I want to talk to you about a couple things, but uh, we were talking about how, um, you know, a lot of people listen to the podcast and just through mixtapes and stuff and, like, Justin's stand-up comedy and everything, but a lot of younger people and how we've, like, blended into a different type of punk rock and pop punk scene, you know what I mean? Which mm-hmm. uh, I'm very thankful for. We were talking about how maybe trying to get people to check out some bands and talk about older bands we like that younger people might not have heard of and albums that uh, changed the way we look at music. Oh, yeah. You dig? Oh, I dig very much so. So you're in a band called Fake Problems. I am. You guys also um, are a newer band who I think, I mean, newer in a sense, not really new, but you know what I mean. And uh, yeah. you guys are also accepted by a lot of different scenes and stuff that you might not necessarily always listen to, but it's cool to be accepted, but I'm sure you also have much different musical tastes, I assume. Um, I, you know, I, go, I get pretty weird with it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> do you, <laughs> That's a creepy answer, Chris. You're you. <laughs> but, uh, well, can you uh, think of any off the top of your head? We're, just, we're kind of just throwing out albums and talking about them. Uh, well, okay, so albums that are, like, have really... Uh, that just hit you and changed the way you think about life, music, or made you want to play music? Just anything. We're just talking about good bands that just aren't I necessarily think, new. Kind of starting off, I think the records, the, like the key records for me early on when I was younger, like a young teen, yeah. early teen, I think the first record that ever resonated with me, which I think a lot of people that listen this will probably be able to relate to the enema of the state was just like just a night oh, yeah. loved that album it's it's huge. Just, it was just all there for me and now honestly this maybe i'll get in trouble for saying this but now when i listen to it i don't even know what i liked about it um, <laughs> I, I know exactly i know what you I, liked about it aliens exist the song <laughs> aliens exist yeah. is what you liked about it no i I don't think that much about it. I still think it's a good record in context, but I mean, you're right. Is Well, we actually talked about how I think a lot of bands we loved when we were younger were definitely time and place. Yeah. And it's for, not those records sure. aren't good anymore, but it's like, obviously, you know, I'm 31, and I hear them in the state, and I just, 
it's not the same as when I was 15 or 16. Yeah. Because the song's sure. about, like, skipping class and, like, bringing your girlfriend flowers. And that's cool, but... Yeah, well, that makes sense. And they still say? they still play "What's My Age" again on like modern rock radio, and I'm always they like, do. <laughs> "What guy is listening to this?" And oh, fuck like, yeah, man! Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna call prank call that girl. Um, yeah. See, and it's funny to me because if I heard fake problems, I'd never guess that in a million years. But that's why I like having these conversations. Yeah, yeah, and then I, and then I think what kind of got me started thinking about actually making music myself was. Um, bands like Cursive and Bright Eyes and Rilo Kylie and all the stuff that kind of came out of Saddle Creek in the early 2000s, all right. those kind of records that that broke, like The Ugly Organ and uh, The Faints record and all the, all that stuff that kind of broke it around that time. That was like when I started thinking, oh, this is kind of like, I feel like I can make music like this. It seems like it's not... Right. D- it makes it sound like it's a slight against them to say they made it sound easy, but they made it sound possible. Yeah, there's I nothing guess. wrong with that. I don't think it's a slight. I was going to say, I mean, I have a Screeching Weasel tattoo, and I was talking earlier to Justin about this. Is I heard Screeching Weasel, and I literally was like, I could do this. <laughs> like, just because right. when I was younger, I loved it, and that's that's why I start. That's why I picked up a guitar, is it seemed feasible that I could do what they Yeah, well, yeah, and then you hear about, like, for that kind of stuff, you hear, like, oh, we just, you know, recorded some of this in, in our basement. It's just like, oh, I have, I have a basement. Yeah, I have I a computer. I didn't have a basement in Florida, but I get the gist of it. <laughs> right. A uh, basement in Florida is a bad idea. You guys get those sinkholes, right? Yeah, you, you die. Have you, have, you, <laughs> have you ever seen a sinkhole in person? No, I've only heard about it That'd be on fucked the up. news. That one that happened like last year. Yeah, it swallowed a house, didn't it? Yeah, or like a some guy's room. Which <laughs> that's is so terrifying. That's very terrifying. So how old are you? I'm 28. Okay, so about in the same range as Justin. I was gonna say, what was like the in between? Not say the in between, but I mean, you went from Blink 182 and Emma the State to getting into all these Saddle Creek bands. I mean, like what? changed your mind you know what i mean like did you instantly stop liking punk rock as much or did you still have that love for punk rock and you just started getting deeper into it you know i didn't ever feel like i was into punk rock when i because i listened to blink 182 but i didn't really think i didn't you know I, i think the normal thing that people do is like they find out about a band and then they find out about every band that is like that band right and get into it for some reason i was just so disassociated from it. I, I went to see Blink-182 Live and Bad Religion and Phoenix DX opened. Just and I could have not, I could not have thought it was worse. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I, I hate this. And then when Blink-182 played, I was like, this is what I'm all about. Uh, um, funny, because interestingly... Yeah, very bizarre. I don't... Um, oh, go on. I was into like, just weirdo stuff, like mindless self-indulgence <laughs> and, and like weird stuff like that. I really liked Corn, but I think that was before Blink One Eighty Two. Uh, probably. Um, Is it safe to yeah, say? Yeah, I don't know. I, I just I just kind of latched on to specific things, and and for until I was in kind of probably like sixteen or seventeen, everything I liked was kind of very separate from each other. I didn't like like a type of music. I just liked weird shit. <laughs> so is it safe to say that mindless self indulgence directly influenced fake problems? 
Oh yeah, totally. The and now that's another example of a band I listen to now and go, I am horrified that I like this. <laughs> yeah, funnily enough, recently we were talking about like some of the worst bands ever, and I named mine Self Indulgence. I was just like, that's got to be one of the worst. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> I, I there's some things about it that I can still appreciate, like just the kind of wackiness of it. But then I'm like, I can't really. Uh, now that I'm an adult, I can't really. Um, justify all the use of the n-word <laughs> yeah i mean I was, yeah that's actually a great example is when you're younger we were even talking i mean like it is funny though because like in the 80s and 90s like bands would use the n-word and say you know faggot and stuff like that and no one cared like it wasn't offensive back then as much like yeah it's just i mean bands like Guttermouth and stuff said that stuff 20 times per album and then, like, wow. everyone got older and they were like, this is kind of weird. Like, yeah. people talk like this. Like, yeah, wait a minute. Is. Like, yeah. this isn't really okay. But yeah, it's funny because uh, Mindless self Indulgence. Well, actually, I've only heard their first record. So, actually, past that, I can't comment. But, yeah, I do remember that. So, as far as fake problems go, then, like, what was the transition? Like, were you just listening to Saddle Creek? Like, oh, I got to start a band? Um. So yeah, I was in like a probably like a pop punk band, but we were all listening to like they were they were super into Thursday, and I learned about Thursday from this band. Like this, there was this band called Excessive Behavior from Naples, and um, they their singer quit, and I was like 15 years old, and they were like, "Do you want to be our singer?" And I was like, "Yeah," and I just like <laughs> met some of my shows, and they were like listening to they're like this is our favorite band and they put on Thursday and I was like, this is pretty cool. And then they were like, all right, here's a song we wrote. And then it was just like, sounded like Blink-182. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the story of a lot of people in our age group though. I was the same way. I uh, did bands when I was in high school and I would think it was like this unique idea and I had these outside influences and I always just ended up sounding like Blink-182 or something. Yeah. I think it start somewhere. No, very so I was true. in that band for a while and then, you know, you know, as every band of 15 year olds does it we broke up and then i started making kind of music on my computer and i was listening to more like stuff like pedro the lion and bright eyes and the microphones Justin, and just weirdos weird stuff like that um and i got kind of a band together through that and um and that was fake problems um and for the first couple of years of Fake Problems, we never released any like records or anything. We put out like demos and stuff, but it was all different members, and it was all kind of just weirder, kind of more trip hoppy indie rock stuff. Right. Very weird and and amateurish and and not very good. <laughs> um, and then and then the kind of Fake Problems that that. And, anybody who like knows about fake problems now would uh, associate us with was um i got new band members because most everybody moved away to uh college and stuff yeah and uh and, and from there that's when we kind of really kicked in the influence of of all like the saddle creek stuff and i think that's when we started listening to like more i guess i guess you could say punk bands like against me and and just you know bands like that, right? And that, that and that kind of that that influence along with the influence of the Saddle Creek stuff. That's kind of where 
I'd say fake problems roots are, if I may be so bold. <laughs> um, so the roots are basically your guys' main influence. Yep. <laughs> uh, was it weird later then? I was going to say, the first time I was exposed to you guys, I was working at the Mad Hatter, and you guys were on tour with Dillinger Escape Plan in Thursday. Yeah, was that it? was a wild, wild ride. It was a ride. long time ago, but through mixtapes, I can say the same thing. Was it weird? Like going on tour with these bands that influenced all your friends and maybe bandmates because we've done tours with bands too where it's like people I know's favorite bands yeah well at that point we had gone on a, a couple tours with bands you know that were we had considered famous bands like we had already gone on tour with Against Me and right. uh, we did a tour with Anti-Flag um, so you know we were it wasn't it wasn't crazy weird because it wasn't like our first big tour or anything. Yeah. And we kinda we kinda learned what to expect. Like you just kinda realize that everybody is people. <laughs> and everyone is generally pretty nice. And um so yeah, that tour was, was uh not as weird as I think a lot of people uh expect me to say it was because of how, you know, bizarre of a lineup it is. Very but it was right when one of our, our kind of darkest record came out. So we, I think we fit in pretty well in, in contrast between Dillinger Escape Plan and, and Thursday because we were playing kind of weirdo, more like circusy, dark, kind of kind of like Tom Waits Rain Dogs, but amped to 11. <laughs> right. Okay, that's interesting. I think what you said there is important too is uh... – it's not as weird as you think touring with these bands that might be bigger because everyone is just people. And most bands are nice people. Some aren't, but yeah. And it's not, and, and I mean, those are big to a lot of people. Those are big bands, but as, in the scope of things, they would be considered in the same league of us, even though we're on oh, the bottom of the spectrum, you know? Exactly. Yes. It's not like we're on tour with the Foo Fighters. That would be yes. weird. <laughs> that, <laughs> that would, would be, be weird awesome. across the board because yeah. it would just be like, let's go on tour together with the Foo Fighters. Yeah, why not? Let's call, call it Dave Grohl. He has a new reality show coming out. Really? Yeah, it's a, him uh, in different musical studios talking about gear, which I don't think will do well, studios. but it's a cool concept. My favorite, my favorite type of studio. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just don't think that show could possibly do well because the, the average person is not going to care. But maybe it will. I don't even care. <laughs> no, I, I don't either. Um, I was going to say, today we're just talking about music, so we want to talk to you a little about music. We're doing kind of short-form interviews. We're talking to you. We just talked to... Mikey Erg, who do you think will win in a fight? You're Between both small. me and Mikey Erg, you're both small. We're both small. Yeah, he's older than me. I don't know if that's a plus or a minus. He's also punk. He's so nice though, but I'm he pretty is. nice too. You're both very nice guys. Yeah, but keep in yeah. mind he's... he might be nicer than me. He's a nice, nice man. Yeah, he him. is, but he also Great. stopped eating McDonald's all the time, like about a year ago, True. and so he's like real muscular now, and it's really kind of creepy. It is. He has been working out, and I can tell you when I met him, he just ate McDonald's every day. Yeah, and now he's okay. healthy and jogs, so he might beat you up. He's been working out. I've been working out. Oh, okay. You know what? Can we set yeah, this baby. up? Yeah, baby. Chris, don't. Yep. Wait, yeah, okay. All right. All right. Not in a fight. Who would win in a nice off? A nice off him for sure. He's a very nice he guy. He's a very nice guy. Um, and also, I was going to say, we just want to talk mainly about music, but I want to have you back on again soon, and I want to do a crossover because you do a podcast as well, which is great, and I've been listening to it. Oh, thank you. So tell everybody what it is because it's a great idea, and I think you and me and Justin would have a great crossover episode talking about this stuff. 
Well, it's not so much of, as a as it's a great idea as it's a terrible idea. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> but it's awesome. It's um, me and and my friend Jeff Jeff Rosenstock who who is in bomb the music industry and he yes. does solo stuff and he's in a band called Antarctica Vespucci with me. Um, Which is a great we, record. I don't. I'm not just being nice. I don't like you that much, but it's a good record. <laughs> Thank you. Um, when I was up there recording that record, uh, we we started talking about. Oh, I think he said we should start a podcast about us binge watching some TV show. And then we were kind of going through all these TV shows, thinking of what what we could watch and something neither of us had seen, and kind of binge watch a show, and kind of do. Pod, a podcast about binge watching the show and then that kind of we couldn't find anything that one of us had seen or one of us hadn't seen one of us had seen kind of thing like that we, right. we, we couldn't find something neither of us had seen so we we're like what about lost and because uh, we both were obsessed with lost when it was on and we were both disappointed by the finale yep. <laughs> um, and so we we're like let's just go through Lost, and then and then to make it an either, even worse idea, we said, let's not watch them in order. Let's watch them all out of order. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea. I think it's great. Oh, oh thank you very much. Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. We had our first live episode uh, a couple weeks ago in New York, and a lot of people came out, and it was, a, it was so much fun. What's the name of the podcast? It's called Back to the Island. Yes, and um, I think the four of us should chat sometime. Oh, yeah, that would be great. And do it because I think it would be awesome because, yeah, so that makes me happy. I like the idea of doing Lost Out of Order. Here's the thing, though. If you did Lost in Order, it would be just as fucking crazy and stupid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and I guess my my thought behind watching it out of order is that we get to see what episodes are actually entertaining on their own merit and which ones are, like, just nonsensical and which ones are – you know, reliant on the story arc and all that kind of if crap. If you like Lost a lot, which I did and I liked it, and I know Justin watched it, but if like the last season or two and you were happy with the ending, I don't trust you. Well, you must not trust I me. Agree. That I agree. I, I don't understand. Like, oh, you did you like it, didn't you? Liked you? It. I was fine with it. I really right. never understood anybody's problem with it at all. I forgot you did. And I do have oh, a few other friends too yeah. that, like, that didn't mind the ending. I don't know. Well, I have a lot of friends who, who who thought it was a good, a satisfying ending. Well, I, I never, I don't think it's satisfying, and I don't think it's a good ending. But I think that if, like, in my mind, I'm always like, if somebody created something and this is the way they wanted it to go, then oh well, you can't really fucking change it. Like, Agreed. there's no reason to get upset about it just because you want it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like that's true. So it's like it's like that's how they wanted to go. I mean, it's dumb, whatever, that they were in purgatory towards, like, whatever, like, because they said that wasn't going to be how it was, and then right. it's like, you kind of wrote yourself into a corner with all the shit you did, so you can't really get out of it without going that route. I will say that... It, it, for me, it's not, it wasn't the fact, you know, I don't want to get too heated about this. <laughs> it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the fact that it ended and they were all dead or they were in purgatory. It was that the way they got there... And and all the things that they didn't really uh, clear up. Yeah, kind of, it just felt like to me it felt like it wasn't what they wanted to do. It was just what they figured was their only option. Because I think that's the eternal kind of question. Didn't and I, know what they wanted. They, to do. I wish they would talk about that. They did. There was that, an interview with Carlton Cuse last week that came out, and he talks that. all about it. it. They 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 said they had fun writing themselves in the corners and painting themselves in the corners, but that was literally how they wanted to end the show. 
Like they, yeah. they said that they, like he said that they only had one, like actually two regrets. One was the stupid Nikki and Paulo storyline that didn't go anywhere, and they ended up being buried alive with the diamonds and whatever. Yeah, didn't make any sense. Was, uh, and then they said they wrote expose. That they what? wrote what? 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 The, the the episode called yeah, expose. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then the. Uh, the episode where they explain how Jack got his tattoos because they said it was the worst episode they'd ever written of any show. It was a bad episode. Period. That's, the, that's the live episode we did. If you, <laughs> you want to, I think the best place to start with our podcast is probably the live episode we did. It's it's, it's out now. I, I liked it. I listened I, to it. I think everybody in the spirit of your show should just listen to your podcast completely out of order too, so it's even more confusing. Yeah, definitely. Just listen yeah. to it. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I put it like this. I still think Lost is one of the best modern day TV shows in existence. I think it was really smart and cool, and I liked it. I didn't like the ending, but I also don't have a better idea because that show was so crazy, and like you said, they did put themselves in so many corners and tried to get out of them that I think it was almost literally impossible to tie up everything. But yeah. it's not like the ending ruined the show for me by any means because I still think it's some of the best TV ever, but I don't have a better idea for the ending. I didn't like it, but there's a lot of yeah. shows. I think a TV show that's on for years and years, like for instance... I loved Prison Break, even a lot of people didn't, but I think the ending to Prison Break was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is. It's not that, it's just that when I hear people who get, like, mad, or not even mad, just, like, they're like, well, why did it end like that? It's like, who the fuck knows? Because they just wrote it that way. Like, who cares? Like, you know, enjoy the show for what it was, because it was still entertaining. It was like, a great show. Except, I mean, I still disagree with the whole, all of a sudden now they live in 1977 yeah. And then, like, that thing, but ultimately, like, that's their storytelling choice. It wouldn't be the one I would make, because I would just make the island a spaceship, and then it would have to fight alien ghosts. <laughs> yeah. That's the last I want to see. Yeah. They need to remake it as a puppet show with aliens. Oh, yeah. And ghosts. <laughs> I would have just made it as, like, Thunderbirds, only it was, the, it was just those people got lost on an airplane on an island and had to fight alien ghosts. It made no <laughs> sense. I'm into that. I'm into that idea. Well, all right, well, do you like Breaking Bad, Chris? I loved it. Good. Good man. There's a, there's a I show loved that, every moment of it. I, I loved the ending. There's a show that ended well. I mean, yeah. it's smart. They ended it... Granted, except that... You can't compare that to Lost by any means. No, except that there's like... you. I mean, I'm sure you've been online and you saw how many people were like, those bullshit. Those fucking bullshit and it's a stupid ending. How do you ending, complain blah, about blah, the Breaking Bad ending? I don't Because get it. here's the thing. It doesn't matter what it is. It's the same thing as like when... I was online after the How I Met Your Mother series finale, and and everybody, and there people complaining about that, and I was like, "You people were that invested in How I Met Your Mother that you <laughs> were upset true. about the ending." But that's what happens. People in fandom, man, they just get fucking obsessed with shit. It's true. It's well, because the finale finale of a show can never it can never match the 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 excitement that you felt for seven years watching yeah, the whole series, you know? It's yeah. like it, it like builds up and it builds up and it builds up and then the finale is just one episode. You know, nobody yeah. judges any one episode like they judge a finale of a no, show. Oh, no, absolutely, absolutely not. not yeah. But it is interesting, too, is the internet has made people very entitled because much like movies and music, I'm sure you agree, as, as a band it's the same way, is when your new album comes out, it doesn't matter how good it is, it doesn't matter if it sucks, there will be people that are mad because it's different and there will be people that say it's the same thing. It's the same with TV shows. Yeah. You can't please yeah. everybody. So basically, I yeah, think... you can't even think about trying to because it'll kill you. Well, we have to kidnap the creators of Lost and kill them. I think. Yeah, that sounds like <laughs> the most logical thing. That well, that's like what I always thought was funny about people who still like talk about the Sopranos finale. 
Because honestly, I always like people are always like, "Oh, it's horrible, it was it's a great stupid." Finale. I thought it was a good finale, but yeah. I also thought it was really funny because the way if you end a show by cutting to black and not answer any question whatsoever, yeah. <laughs> I'm probably gonna laugh at that more than any other thing in the world because you basically just pissed off every people single person. People hated that ending. Yeah, but I thought it was great. I agree. Well, this spiraled out of control, guys. Yeah, a little bit. It spiraled completely out of control. But, um, well, either way, let's set up a time soon and let people know. And let's let's talk more and talk about TV shows for longer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because Justin and I are going to get back into our album countdown in a minute. But I appreciate you cool. calling in very much. Did you want to ask him oh, about yeah, a recommendation? Oh, yeah, thanks for having oh, me. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, give us a recommend. We were talking about people checking out newer bands. Can you recommend to people listening a newer band that's maybe not that well-known that you just think is so awesome that you want to talk to people about them? Oh, my God, a new band. It's hard, isn't it? There's not much good shit out there. No, there's all, there's just too... I think there's too much good shit. That's because you're nicer than me. You're a nice guy. You're in between me and Mikey. Yeah. I like... Uh, let's, let me land on uh, Dikembe. I like them. Okay. Um, how would you describe Dikembe? Tell people. And tell people the album to check out. People are lazy. you got to keep uh, in mind. They want to be able to Spotify it right this second. They uh, they have a record called Broad Shoulders, which is really good, and they have a new record coming out that is is like kind of like Pixies meets Modest Mouse kind of thing. Okay. With a little brand new in there, it's cool. I really like it. So Dikembe, Broad Shoulders. Dikembe, baby, yeah. Why do you say baby? You're not Austin Powers. There's no way for you to prove that. You're right. I think you're cooler than Mike Myers. Uh, well, I'm definitely cooler than Mike Myers. Anybody's cooler than Mike Myers. That's I don't know about Austin Powers, though. Baby. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for calling in. Chris Farron from Fake Problems and Yay. Back to the Island. And uh, we're going to set up a time soon to talk more. Justin and I are to get back into uh, talking shit about bands. Cool, cool. Thanks for having me. Thanks for calling. Bye, Chris. Bye. That's yeah. the most handsome man in, in underground music, I'll tell you that much. You think so? He's a good-looking guy. I don't He's know about most handsome. He's a good-looking guy. Chris, you're a good-looking guy. Don't say it. What? I know. I wasn't going to say anything. That was it. Why are you giving me that look? Because what do you think your I was fucking say? awful slogan that you say every time. Looking good, feeling yeah. good. Yeah. He sounded like he felt good. Okay. Anyways, let's get back to your so is Reconstruction Side by the Weaker Thans. And then, obviously, my number one is going to be Let's Talk About Feelings by Lagwagon because, yes, you know, man, that's me. No, Lagwagon, as uh, Justin and I get to talk to Joey Cape, I think next week, um, I'll let you guys know online, but Lagwagon, for those who don't know who Lagwagon is for some reason, go listen to them now. Yeah, I, I don't know how. I mean, anybody isn't. Well, then again, they're just an older band. They are nowadays. Older. Don't. But they're still around. They and are they're still just as good as they ever were. Incredible. But I think let's talk about feelings is a great place to start. Now, here's the thing. This is another example of this is not their best album. This is my favorite album, but it's not the best thing they ever put out because the best thing they ever put out or most accomplished album they ever made was Resolve. Yes. But let's talk about feelings is my favorite because it's 28 minutes long and it's. Like you were talking about earlier, it, to me, it's basically flawless. 
It is. Because agree. if you can make an Agent Orange song sound good, then <laughs> you're doing a, something right. That is the best way to sum that up, and I completely agree with you. Um, Lagwagon is definitely... Lagwagon is one of those bands that was technically called a skate punk band, and it mm. always bothered me because they were so much better than everyone oh, else. Oh, yeah. Like you times had, better. Like you had like your No Use for Names and No Effects, and... I like those bands, like a lot of albums by those bands, but I always feel like Lagwagon was such a step ahead of all those bands. Right. They were smarter, they were musically more interesting. Joey Cape has such a cool voice. Yeah. And they just, they're one of those bands that, like, they got better and better, and most bands don't. Right, and they're, and he's also one of those people who, I don't, there's some about, like, certain songwriters or whatever where you're like, how do you write stuff? Like, you just kind of want to know, like, what, How's it even like? How do you think about things and like what's different about your brain that isn't like you know like right. everybody else? Because like he he's so good, like well, like everything's so well written. You it know is. what I mean? That you're like you're like what? How do you fucking even think of it? Like and then you go from writing like a like sort of political song to writing like a weird love song and like yeah, but they're like completely. They make sense because, like, you they have a very specific way of being written and very specific way of being sung. And he, he just conveys lyrics in such a human way. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. He writes lyrics like you would just write when you hear him. You're like, I feel, I know exactly how he feels. Yeah. And it's very, very hard to actually do that. Yeah. A lot of bands try for years to do that. A lot of bigger bands try to do that. And it's just hard to actually relate to people. Yeah. And Lagwagon's one of those bands that his lyrics, like, I get it. Yeah. And we've all felt like you got if you've ever I mean, obviously, everyone's experienced some sort of loss. But if you haven't or well, if you have, you should listen to Resolve because it's, it's about the saddest album. Yeah, it's, it's one of the saddest because that it's so piercingly accurate as to how you feel when someone close to you uh, passes away. It is. And especially if they ever had problems or whatever, you know, and it's an album that's it's a concept album about somebody's life that's struggling with nothing but depression and also yeah. the aftermath of what happens when that depression catches up to him because it's about uh derrick rose their drummer yeah that used to be in Lagwagon and then was in bad astronaut with him but it's amazing it's one of the most amazing albums i've ever heard it's an incredible album yeah. i couldn't listen to that album for a while after my dad passed away I mean, no. that's how accurate it is Ugh, that yeah. stuff is just not yeah he just he writes so good joey cape you're the man yeah the best i'm excited to talk to him me too but, but that was my uh five that is a great top five. I'm going to make an actual top five, too, and next week we can continue and talk more about that. Okay. Because I want to talk more about it, but I think, you know, it would take too long for us to do both of ours today. Right. Because we go off track a little bit sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, only <laughs> every, like, three or four seconds. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Who's this? We, who's what? That was just me. I was, oh, I that was cold. just you? For a second. Um, What? I had a cold for a second. I don't what have do a cold. Also, why when uh, he was talking... Did you start drawing a weird, like, misshapen blob dick shooting cum everywhere and, like, <laughs> like leaning out and looking at me and acting like you were jerking off giant dicks in your face? Okay, first of all, that's a dog. And he's spitting water out of his mouth. What? Don't take a picture of it put on the blog. It's not like, a fucking dog. No, right? actually do it. Let's get a vote. That's a fucking dog. Put it on the blog. Oh, you ever seen it? Show dog with a blog on Disney. Stop Channel? it right now. This is pretty good. Um, <laughs> but anyways, moving on uh, from that, I think that was a great top five. Everyone should check out those albums. Are you gonna link them? Yeah. 
and the blog. Yeah, the That's dog good. with a blog. Dogwithablog.com. Chris and Mikey had some good picks. I've never heard either of the bands they named. No, me neither. So I guess I'll have to check them out. We'll talk. No, I'm not really into we'll that. We'll report back to next week and talk about how bad they are. I'm not really into listening to stuff like that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I wanted to talk about, right now... Yeah? Some video games. I thought you were going to talk about your rap thing. Oh, I did. I actually did want to talk about that. Let's do that. Um, just well, listen. you have to pick one because I, I, I don't have time for both of them. Oh, for rap albums? Well, I, I, I either rap album or game talk. One oh. Of the two. Oh, yeah. You, you want to save the rap for next week because it's longer? Let's save it, yeah, because we okay. can wrap up quickly this week with video game talk. I beat South Park. Did you? Did you like It's incredible. Yeah. I think it's game of the year still by far so far. It's awesome. And I actually The ending's the most ridiculous fucking thing. Did you, um, I don't want to give away spoilers. Well, if you mess up at the end, did you do it the first time? I didn't do it right, and it's funny, so you don't get to see the ending, and the credits just roll, and the game's over. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. <laughs> I don't want to give away anything beyond that for people that haven't played it. But I want to talk about a game that I feel like is underrated, only because compared to this company's other games, is I went back on Steam and actually got it high quality with like the graphics and everything, got L.A. Noir. Oh, man, I fucking hate that I'm game. having a blast with it. I'm only like two hours into it. I never really played it. Okay, okay. Did you not like the game all at right. all? No, no, no. Okay. I liked, I, I'll give you that, like the first. I'm about an hour and a half, two hours in, and I think it's great so far. No, no, it's fine up until about the last hour and a half of the game. Really? Does it just mm-hmm. drastically change? Yeah. Okay, because L.I. Noir, if people don't know, was a game made by Rockstar in between, I think, Red Dead Redemption and Grand Theft Auto 4, maybe? Well, it was made by a different company. I well, mean, it was released by Rockstar, but okay. it was made by a studio something. It's an open world it. 50s game in L.A., but you're a detective, and you actually have to, like, search crime scenes and, like, read people's mannerisms and decide what questions to ask them. So it's kind of an action game, but it's a lot more slower paced, which I like. Yeah, it's to solve crimes. It's supposed to be more of a detective type, like... And I'm having a blast so far. Maybe next week we're going to talk about it more than I'm going to try to beat it. But yeah, try... Yeah, do your best to beat... I mean, it doesn't take that long. It's, it's only, like, an 11-hour oh, long game or okay, whatever. Okay, I'll beat it by next week easily. But, yeah, I... Mm, that game was one of those games that I was looking forward to so much. Yeah, And same. then... I played it and it pissed me off so bad that I like almost wanted to snap the disc in half. Really? Yeah. So is there just a big drastic twist or just a change? Yeah, I don't want to give it away to you, okay. so but we'll you'll see. Week. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about if you beat it. Okay. Um aside from that, I bought a bunch of games that I shouldn't <laughs> I saw your Facebook post which is something about girl cheese and video games. Yeah. I bought too many things. Like, right. way too many games the other day. Steam no will do reason. that. Steam is the devil that likes to be your friend. I know. It's fucking horrible because I'm not ever going to play all <laughs> oh, of them. Oh, this I, game's $4? Yeah. All right. I bought, I bought Arma 3, which I played. Is it cool? It's fucking amazing. Is but it beautiful I, looking? Yeah. It's incredible, but I just, I don't know if I can deal with how realistic it is. Like, you know right. what I mean? But it is really cool. I'll give it, I mean, obviously I'll give it a chance. And then I bought... Oh, I don't even remember what I bought. I bought so many things, I don't even remember what they are. And then uh, the new, the third episode of The Walking Dead Season 2 came out this week, so I played through that last night, and it was right. awesome. Um, what else did I buy? Oh, Matt, I bought Metro Last Light. Is that good? It's free right now on PlayStation. Is it? You should definitely play it. I mean, I don't know. If you didn't play 2033, I wouldn't suggest it. Really? But, yeah. Those games are awesome, though. If you haven't ever played them, you should definitely play them. I would like to. Metro's free right now. That and uh, Limbo. Limbo is awesome. Yeah, it's a good game. I see. I'm gonna break this thing. Um, yeah, Limbo is really cool artistically and stuff. I mean, it's not very long at all, but it's really fun. 
right now. It's an interesting little puzzle game. I'm going to go after we're done here in a minute and actually go to Kmart attempt to get Watch Dogs a week early. Are you, uh, if you can't get that, you should try and get Wolfenstein that comes out tomorrow. Ooh, I bet I could get that easily. Yeah. I'm interested. Um, I'm interested. I am too because it's supposed to be like, actually, you know what? I mean, I haven't read too much about it, but I've heard it can't be worse than that last one. No, it cannot be. That game was fucking Oh, something terrible. I did want to talk to you. Did you hear? I just, not here, but I mean, factually, um, it's come out now that Bungie or Microsoft or whoever overall, between making the game and the advertising budget for Destiny, they're spending $500 million. Yeah. Which is over $100 million more than the highest video, I mean, movie ever. Yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. That's mind-blowing. Well, it makes sense because the, it kind of rests on them getting the word out because nobody knows what the fuck it is. Exactly. You know? But I did watch the new video last night of like one of the... Like, I guess what you would call dungeons. I don't know what you would call it. I mean, since it's a sci-fi game. Anyway, it was it's fucking awesome looking. Like, it's it very, looks like yeah. if Borderlands was more organized and, like, re- more realistic looking. Right. But, well, I was going to say, yeah, people listening, uh, Destiny's new game made by Bungie, who made Halo. Mm-hmm. And they definitely have the manpower, the uh, credentials yeah. to spend that much money. But... And obviously that money's going to go into as a franchise, not just the first Destiny. They're they're banking on it obviously being a series. Yeah. Well, and, it's an MMO, so they're banking on it being a month over month investment for right. people to make. And I was for years say, and years um, and years. But, but I mean, to, it's not like Activision doesn't have the fucking money. You no, know definitely I mean? <laughs> not by any means. It's just so crazy that we live in a world where video game companies are spending a hundred million dollars more than the most expensive movie of all time. Oh, it's ridiculous. Which makes sense because it's the one thing that you can't pirate. Yeah, yeah well, you, you can definitely pirate videos. Just games. not like movies or music, I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just get online and download Grand Theft Auto V that easily. Yeah, yeah, you pretty much can. How? It's not even available on PC. Well, not not like that. Not not right. games that aren't out on well, the Well, that's computer. what I mean. I just yeah. mean, like, for Xbox and stuff. Oh, yeah. There's companies. Well, no, I mean, you can still pirate games for Well, the average person's not going to be able no, to do no, that well, No, no, it's not going to be. No. It's not like downloading an album. No, not at all. It's a lot harder to do, obviously. I mean, yes, you can. Unless it's Dreamcast, then it's as easy as an album. Oh, that was the greatest spec in the day when you could just download <laughs> so You could just burn them onto a CDR. Oh, so perfect. Um, $500 million, that's half of a billion dollars on a video game. That's crazy. But, man, they're, you know, they're, I'm sure they'll make their money back. There's no doubt. They have to sell know? 16 million copies to make their money back, and that's half of what Grand Theft Auto V sold. But... so. Sixteen yeah. million, but then if they get but month subscriptions month. Exactly. or whatever, of course I don't know how their subscription model works either. So who knows? Well, that being said, like I said, it's Grand Theft Auto sold thirty one, thirty two million so yeah. far, which is insane. But if they sell half that, they're good. And like I said, that's obviously banking over time. Well, they they released this list of like the richest um, people in Britain or whatever, you know? Yeah. And the guys, excuse me, the guys who own Rockstar created Grand Theft Auto. They're on the list now, but. The people who are above them is the guy who, I guess, owns the company that made Candy Crush Saga. That's not surprising, and I no, hate that. It's not surprising I at all, but that. it's the weirdest thing. It's like, that game's bullshit. Like, you ju- not- all you did was just take Bejeweled and <laughs> yeah, then he put didn't even candy create something in it. Interesting. Like, yeah. He made cute little candy. <laughs> Why do you say candy? Candy. Come Ugh. on, Justin. You like John Candy. I, I like John Candy. Me too. It's candy. Well, did you also Chicago Ryan's the worst. Man. I read I read Chicago Ryan. Yeah. I read an article the other day that uh, 
he doesn't personally have this much money, but Minecraft is gross over two billion dollars. Oh yeah, That's but that may, but he's also nuts in the fact that all he did was just reinvest in his company, and he said yep. the other day that if he doesn't feel like they're moving forward in ten years, he's just going to shut it down. He doesn't care how much money they're making. He doesn't care. <laughs> I read an interview with him um, recently in a magazine, and he even talked about how he doesn't even know if he's going to make a new video game or not. He's like. Since Minecraft, he's apparently made almost full games were almost done and just scrapped them because he just didn't feel it. Well, no company that. They've does been, that. <laughs> they've been working on that fucking Scrolls game forever, yeah. and like I know there's been at least three versions of that that were almost done, and he was just like, "I'm, I don't want it. No, this isn't it." Like, and it's like, but what? What are you doing? Know. Just release stuff. He's definitely and... a weird guy. No, he is. I mean, but... considering that he was one dude and now he owns an empire, you know, he like... has so much money. I mean, obviously, or Gross is so much money. Minecraft is just the most unlikely thing, too. He obviously never expected that. I love Minecraft. No, I get why people don't like it. Yeah. But if you would have told me when Minecraft came out... Because I remember like reading about Minecraft before it was even out, before you could even get the beta, just being like, this is interesting. If you would have told me that game's going to grow $2 billion. Well, that's the other thing, though, is like he single-handedly... I mean, he single-handedly like broke open the indie market. Absolutely. Because if you look on Steam... 90% of the games look exactly like Minecraft. They do. And, like, you after that, you had, like, your Fez and your Braid. And they weren't the same. But, I mean, those games, Minecraft paved the way for everything. Yeah. And there are so many Minecraft ripoffs that it's sad. And they don't try to disguise it. They'll no. be, like, Mind Blocks. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> my favorite. Like... There's only a couple that are worth anything. What's the one that's the most popular for sure? I mean, uh... Risk of Rain is pretty big. Like Starbound definitely took a lot of Minecraft ideas. Yeah, but that was more like Terraria than it was. And Terraria, I mean, Terraria was just two D Minecraft. It literally was. Uh, I didn't like Terraria. People loved it. It's fine. I played it for like it's an hour. Really and I was, that great? No, I was but not into it. There's um, like Space Engineers is a better game, but that's not really much like Minecraft. But it's really fun. Um, I don't know. There's a couple of them that are sort, of, but Minecraft's still better than those. You know, well, for a lot the of people part. too like credit too many things for being ripoffs, and in my opinion. Crafting has just become a thing now that's in video games. It doesn't mean you're ripping off Minecraft. No. It's like just because you have an open world game doesn't mean you're ripping off GTA. Right. GTA just broke open the floodgates of yeah, an idea. No, that's what everything but is. But sandbox now is just a genre. It yeah. doesn't mean that it's a GTA. There are games that are GTA ripoffs. Oh, there's tons of them. But just because you're an open world game doesn't mean you're a GTA ripoff. And just because you have a game where you can craft things now doesn't mean it's a Minecraft ripoff. It's just an idea no. that Minecraft brought to the forefront yeah. and it's a great idea i mean it's I just like game. any fucking anything else anything that becomes popular is always going to be five million of them you know exactly like it doesn't matter what you do gta had some of the worst clones ever because i played true crime Ugh. and that's so funny because like the true crime <laughs> series was so terrible and then the one that was supposed to be the next true crime ended up being sleeping dogs and it was really good great game it but is it is a great game I, I don't understand how things like that happen. sleeping dogs was real fun but then, like, you know, you then for every, like, uh, that, like, every true crime, you have Saints Row, which is arguably amazing. I, so, yeah, I love the Saints Row series. You, you and I, we know. We know yeah, we've talked about it a million times. But. Saints Row 2 and 3 are two of my favorite games ever, and I love 4. I like 3 better as an actual game, but. Yeah, me too. 4 but was four just very awesome. funny. 4 was supposed to be an add on. <laughs> yeah. And for being its own game, it was great. Yeah. But, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, one other thing just before we're done that I read today that I was like, there's no fucking way this is true, is uh, is I read this thing about the about Call of Duty Advanced Warfare today that said that oh, it took them 
It, the guy they said that the guy who wrote it it took him two years to write the story <laughs> for a Call of Duty game. Here's the thing: what is the no, story? No, it fucking Ru- didn't. In the future, Russia invades us. And then no, we have to go fight no, them. the 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 story is exactly the same as the other ones, where it's a private military firm has now become so powerful that they take can out. take over the U.S. So that's every can, Call of Duty since if yeah. Call, Modern Warfare One. It took them two years to come up with the part where they're going to put hover bikes. In. Can they stop this bullshit? <laughs> It's the same as on the with the last one. They said we hired a Hollywood. Yeah, and it's first like, of all, well, good, the guy good directed job. Traffic is not a Hollywood scriptwriter. He's not famous. Well, no, the guy who directed Traffic is because it's Steven Soderbergh. The guy yeah. who wrote Traffic, who the fuck cares? But, but man, yeah, Call of Duty needs to stop. Well, I just thought it was funny because it's two like years? it took you two years to come up with that. Because if the trailer's any indication, like a 15 year old could have come up with that so, over a weekend. Can Call of Duty the next one hire you and I to write their script? I'll, we'll yeah, do it, I'll, I'll go. We'll do it in two hours. Ours would be way better. <laughs> oh, Stop buying Call of Duty, people. I know, seriously. It's like drugs, it. just stop. It's so bad. It's just <laughs> Don't do uh, drugs and don't buy Call of Duty. Ever. Make these people stop thinking it's okay <laughs> to say the things they say and put out the games uh, they put out. That's a right. good way to wrap up, yeah. I suppose. Um, Is there anything else? Now, I mean, we have a lot more to talk about. We'll just finish next week. Okay. Um, music, we have a lot more to talk about. I'll have my list ready. Um, we have a segment next week, Randy, this week, didn't have time, called Reasons Why Your Opinions on Hip Hop Are Fundamentally Wrong. And if you're thinking that's a pompous thing for me to say, it is. Yeah. But that's why we have opinions and have a podcast. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk to some more rock stars next week. And we're going to discuss music and a lot more. And also, please send in uh, songs that you like, good songs, uh, music that changed the way you think, stories, because... We like that. We like to discuss that stuff. So I have a few, too. We just didn't get to them today, so we'll get to them next week of you that wrote in to me. So thank you. And yeah. thank you for making Big Snackers as popular as it is. Yeah, so... Because we uh, don't deserve it. No, Thank you. But keep, please keep on spreading the word and get us get us up and higher on those charts so we can start like getting celebrities. All right. Oh, yeah, and we're on Stitcher now, so... We are on Stitcher. I've, I keep going to say that. I did, I'm going to put the link up this time. Tweet and Facebook that. But a lot of people were wondering why, and now we're on there, so... You can listen to us however you want. Eyecatcher, Stitcher, iTunes, whatever you want. Yeah. So uh, thank you, and we'll be back next Monday with more music talk. So send us your stories and tell us why we're wrong. About? Whatever. No, okay. See, people definitely probably think we're wrong about everything. Oh, no, I'm sure people are going to be like, oh, Lost was horrible, and you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, talk it's to fine. us about Lost right in. Yeah, and, uh, please do. So what we'll do is we'll talk to you next week. Hey, Jocelyn. Have a good night, buddy. Yeah, you too. What am I going to go do? I don't fucking care. <laughs> pound and pound. All right. Oh, you're going to pound? No, no. I'm going to go to Kmart. Yeah. All uh, right. All right. Bye. Well, I'll see you.